howdy, howdy do, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome back to episode 245. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do. Who fans? Hope you all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something. Something. Doctor, Doctor who, who related. Richard. Indeedy. <laughs> it is great to be back as always. Mm. Certainly is. Yes. In a week or two where we've had some uh, some interesting stuff happen in a while. We, it, it kind of interesting, but we haven't got any big news to talk about this week. So light on news. We've got some merch items, but... Uh, did you see, my good man, the old uh, official BBC Twitter account for Doctor Who let loose oh. with a massive, huge update for Series 12? Oh, watch this space. Yeah. I did think of you straight away, actually. As soon as I saw that, because I know you know this is your field of expertise, all this graphic design and stuff, isn't it? Um, and I thought, oh, that's a nice poster. And then um, I thought, that's, TARDIS looks a bit odd, but yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> and then I was looking thinking, what is wrong with that TARDIS? And then, of course, everyone starts pointing out on Twitter about the sign being mm-hmm. in the wrong place. Because that was the thing. It wasn't the, it wasn't the sign that was in the wrong place that was bugging me. It was the fact I could see this sort of thing underneath it. And I was trying to work out what that was. I was like, what is that on the TARDIS? And then I realized that's the sort of little box that the sign should be in. <laughs> but it had been squashed up, so it sort of looked like this bar underneath. And as soon as I noticed that, I was like, oh, now I see it. I see it. It's all wrong. And I thought, oh, Gary will be loving this, like this terrible photoshopped, uh, is that what you call it, photoshopped sign? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So did how long did you spot it, or did you think it was great, or what, what was your reaction to it? Well, my first thought was, um, actually, before we crack on with this picture, 
Mm-mm. talking about it. How have you been, dude? Oh, I've just been... <laughs> if you're uh, like me, it's just been a busy old week or two. Adam and I have I'm, just been so crazy at the moment. I'm absolutely... Yeah, I feel like I'm uh, a zombie. Uh, I genuinely do. I'm absolutely shattered beyond belief. I'm just working nonstop at the minute, and um, to top it all over, <laughs> to top it all, I fell over last night. So I feel like I've um, been in a few I'm rounds not of to Mike laugh. Tyson. Yeah, yeah I know. I feel like <laughs> I sort of wake up this morning thinking, "What has happened to me? My legs aching. I've got bags under my eyes, and oh, just I'm absolutely destroyed." But um, yeah, apart from that, I'm fine. <laughs> but it is great to be back, and it's weird to be recording this on a Friday because it's just occurred to me that. Um, this is going to be going out hot off the press. It'll be yeah. like, we'll be recording this and then people will hear it in the afternoon and all unmastered and <laughs> just get it out there. Like no fancy edits or, or clean that. Just get it out. It'll be raw. Bit of a rush job. Yeah. 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 But that's cool. I kind of like that. It's just kind of on the fly, isn't it? We're doing it on the fly today, which is the only way we can do it. It's the only time me and you could, Indeed. could yeah. find time to do it, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I'd rather that than not be able to do it. It was a shame not to, Record last week, but yeah, it's just the way it was. That's the way it is. I'm afraid that, that may happen a bit um, coming up to Christmas because I work in retail. It's uh, it is coming becoming really hard for me to to get time to do this. So just to, to warn listeners, um, we'll always try when we can to do a pod, but um, yeah, works absolutely crazy at the minute, and we're not and we're you know we're only at the start of November, so I've no idea what the next couple of months are going to be like. But we shall see. We will always endeavour to get the podcast out to you guys <laughs> of course yeah 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 it might be a a funny old time at the next uh, few weeks in the run-up to a christmas as adam said so yeah just keep an eye out on the uh, on the twitters and stuff we'll uh, let you guys know what's going on but we should be okay there might just be the odd week where we postpone it or uh, we just don't do it that week but yeah we'll try not yeah. to you know us mm. we'll always try and get the uh, get the pod out there yeah so I haven't really been up to much at all. Um, we'll come back to that sign in a minute because I want to know your thoughts on it. Uh, the only thing I've done Doctor Who related is I did watch the Children in Need um, recording of the Children in Need album. So, you know, all these sort of celebrities went into Abbey Road Studio, recorded their song. And obviously Jodie Whittaker did one. She did Coldplay and David Tennant did one. And we spoke about this the other week of the podcast. But it was nice to actually see a program of the making of that. Um and I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of was channel hopping and I just put it on because there was nothing else on. And uh, I ended up really enjoying it. I don't know if you saw it. I did. Yeah, I thought yeah. Um, I thought Jodie and David both come across really, really well on that. They did, um, actually. J- Jodie yeah. was incredibly emotional when she was singing her song because, uh, was it dedicated to her nephew or something? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she had a picture of him in the, the booth. And so it was a really good program, actually. I enjoyed that. Um so, the, yeah, the only other thing I've done this week is I did buy a ticket to the JNT screening at the BFI, which is going to be on before Fenric. So they've, they've sort of announced this really last minute um, that, uh, you know, the JNT extra that's going to be on the Blu-ray set. Oh, uh, they're yes. going to do a screening yeah. of that before Fenric. Um, and I was a bit unsure because I think it starts at 10. I thought, oh, that's a bit that's for me to get to London for 10. And I don't know. Um, but anyway, I bought a ticket to that. So that's, that's quite good. I just hope I can get there on time. Um, so that should make the Fedrick thing even better. Hmm. That's one of the extras I was really looking forward to seeing as well was the JNT documentary. So yeah, to see on the big screen, would be cool. It will be actually. Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking of going to that? Uh, no, 
yeah, I was I've been quite intrigued by that documentary, so I thought I'd go for it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's um it does look kind of cool. Anything mm. to to that the whole JNT era is quite interesting in itself. Um I just yeah. don't know if I can be bothered to get up that early because I yeah. live a, a bit further away from London now, so I have to get the train in. Uh, so true. I'm get I'm thinking my trains, but I booked my ticket already actually. So that's another reason I've already booked my ticket. Um, oh, right. to come into London, but just fill me in when I get there. We'll grab yeah, a coffee. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I just yeah. fancied it. Um, yeah, I think Adam, tall lad, sold it to me because he was like, "Oh, we should wear Hawaiian shirts and go and see it." And I thought that is a cracking idea. Um, so I might <laughs> have to try and get hold of it. <laughs> he sounded like sounded like uh, one of the the um, what were they the Harry Enfield DJ then, like you know, and he <laughs> <laughs> rock rock on, man. Um, so yeah, I might try and find the Hawaiian shirt for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for for that event which i think would be quite cool but i'm like you i'm i'm thinking because i am working so much i'm absolutely shattered and i was thinking oh man i'm gonna have to get out quite early to get to make sure to get to the actual bfi and get my ticket for the start of 10 o'clock uh is gonna be a push but anyway i'm gonna do it if i can <laughs> <laughs> now you'll be fine mate <laughs> i'll be arriving in a wine shirt flapping in the wind a complete mess <laughs> let me in let me <laughs> 10 minutes late sorry sir no late admittance let me in <laughs> so that's me dude the only other cool thing literally just happened before we started recording was i got a little parcel from fp um delivered i was like oh thinking what have i ordered from them recently and i opened it up and it was the ace jacket um which was it's basically a hoodie with the ace symbol on the back the forbidden planet um i think it was a convention exclusive that they recently did oh it is uh, yes yeah yeah i know it was really limited i remember when it went on sale i thought oh i'm gonna get that because it looks cool um i just love that ace symbol anyway i think it's brilliant so that's just arrived and i've just tried it on um, and it looks blimmin' awesome. I'm really pleased with it. Um, I was worried about the size because, you know, I never know what size to get. I don't know about you, but I find that sizes vary massively depending on the cut and stuff. And I was thinking, I don't want it to be really baggy. But then again, I don't want it to be really tight. So I was like, what size do I get? Anyway, it's a good fit. I'm really chuffed with it. So uh, Is that FP, right? That's FP, yeah. 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 Yep. Sometimes, even if you buy... I've bought various T-shirts over the years. They're all size medium. But I'll tell you what, some mediums from there are an extra small. Mm. And some mediums are an extra large. And some mediums are actually medium. So yeah. I think it just depends on what supplier they and get the, them from. And the other thing is, it's um, it was really limited. I think it was limited to 100. So I'm thinking, okay. I'm almost too scared to wear it out. <laughs> Because you know what I'm like when I go to the BFI. I was thinking, should I wait to the BFI? I was thinking, oh, I'll get drunk and spill beer all down it and sausage roll and I'll probably fall over and rip the sleeve. And, do you know what I mean, I was thinking, oh, it's, I, I don't know. I want to wear it, but I kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> Might just wear it in the house. How boring. Just wear it around the just house. Just wear it around the house. <laughs> a limited hundred hoodie. Yeah, yeah don't when, touch it. <laughs> when someone knocks at the door, don't even say anything. Just point at the, yeah, the logo was, on it like only a hundred of these made. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I'll yeah. probably still spill tea down it, even just wearing it. <laughs> well, it's a, a bit of, of biscuit, yeah. you know, dunking a biscuit. Oh no. And it drops and it's all down the front. Oh, especially if it's a rich tea with a, <laughs> with a rich tea, you get one dunk and that's your lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got to be quick with them. Yeah. You have to go something a bit more. Like the chocolate hobnob is a good one. You can get a few dunks out of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or the bourbon. 
or the custard cream double up. Custard cream. Oh, JD likes the custard cream. Yeah. Well, going to one episode. Yeah. Well, the old bourbons so, are good. You know where you stand with the bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> so that is me, dude. That is all I've done. I mean, I'm a, I'm actually amazed that I managed to fit in watching all seven episodes of this week's review app. I was really worried about that. I was thinking, am I actually going to find time to watch this story? Because it's been a blimmin' long time since I last watched it. So it had to be done. Um, but yeah, I managed to fit in. I had to watch a couple each night. Got it done pretty good, actually. So, yeah, it's a big one, though, isn't it? Seven parts. Yes, it is a big one. Yes. Mm, yeah. So that's me. How about you? Uh, that's you, bud. Well, um, yeah, not much at all. Mate. Like you, I've been really busy. Work's been just crazy. I've had to go into, into Lon- in and out of London a few more times as well the last week or so. Um, so I haven't really done too much. Um, the only thing I have done, uh, so the end of the week before last... I started a um I started a rewatch of the Eccleston stuff just because I was in the mood. Um it's only because I was going through it was one of those evenings where my wife was away with work. The lad was in bed, so I was had the TV to myself and there was nothing on on Sky, so I fired up Netflix and just browsing through there. And as usual, I couldn't find anything to watch. And I just on the Apple TV remote, it's like a swiping gesture thing. So I swiped and a load of stuff, Zoom pass, and it just happened to stop on Doctor Who. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, went into it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick on Rose and watch you a bunch like of Rose, episodes. Don't you? Yeah, so you must have watched that quite a few times now. Crikey, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I was just in the mood for the records because it landed on Who, and uh, yeah, like four and a half hours later, it's like one in the morning, I was like, right, I really should go to bed now. <laughs> really should go <laughs> to sleep. They are good. I have to say, I never tire of watching the Eccleston series. I don't, I don't know what it is. It just hits the spot. Really does. Uh, it's a great series. Yeah, it is. Even yeah. I don't think there's any episode I don't enjoy. I mean, I think even um, uh, the Long Game is probably the probably the weakest in my opinion. But even that, I find enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great series. Yeah. So tell me about the poster, dude. Give me your thoughts. And and before we start, let's just say I'm not not slaying it because it really is no big deal it's nice to get a poster but you know but what did you think as a graphic designer it was as a graphic right so um very very quickly just before we get on to that this is very quickly it was really good to see the time meddlers new shop launch oh yes on time and everything so um they've opened i think they've i saw on twitter that they've got their store uh up and running at covent garden now as well so anyone that's going into london um nip into uh the covent garden jubilee market check those guys out and their website as well timemeddlers.co.uk they've got a few a few cool little uh, little items on there so I'm going to get you one of the 13th Doctor Pez dispensers I knew you were going to say that yeah I'm going to get you going to get you one of that no I'm going to get it for you I'm going to put it in your stocking at Christmas because I know I know that's what you want well I'm going to get you the 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 police box uh, oh the pen holder no the zip zip oh yeah 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 that's now, backfired. not dropping, not dropping hints like here. Not dropping hints, but <laughs> I did see a beautiful, um, beautiful Gallifreyan purse in the hoosh. <laughs> I've got, I've got to show you this picture. So it's like a little round purse, like a really old-fashioned sort of sixties purse, but it's got the um, sort of Rassilon. Uh, sorry, no, we're not Rassilon. Yeah, seal of Rassilon symbol. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and it's like a bright Tardis blue as well. They are. Yeah, I'm just, just saying. You know, if you're thinking of Christmas ideas, then um, that's one. 
<laughs> God's sake, here we go. <laughs> Imagine me at the BFI just getting out my little... I used to love that when Larry Grayson used to do that. He'd say, oh, just pay for this. He'd get a little purse out. On <laughs> Brilliant. So, come on. Anyway. Stop it off. Tell me about this poster. What this poster, yeah. So did that, it get you excited for Series 12? No, but I did think oh. it was a good a good picture. Um, you did? I did think it was a good picture until I got mm-hmm. to the to the TARDIS bit. So, I can see exactly why. Because yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the composition of the picture is really cool. You know, mm. that's really good. The way the TARDIS looks, that big orange light bursting out and stuff and Jodie's shadow. So the shadow itself is obviously completely incorrect and would not, her coming out of the TARDIS like that would not cast that shadow. So that's one thing. And then the the, the police public call box sign is, yeah. In the wrong place. It's completely, you know. So I can see why they've done that. I, I really can mm-hmm. because if it was in the place where it's supposed to be, you wouldn't be able to see it. It'd be tiny and it wouldn't look like the TARDIS from this angle and stuff. So I can yeah. see why they've done it, but they should know better. I don't know why the BBC do this. It's like every single time that, you know, we every year there's always something that they put out and then within seconds, you know, pretty much all of Doctor Who fandom has destroyed it because it's <laughs> yeah. inaccurate for some reason. It's like, what can't you get? It must be governed by a fairly decent... Uh, group of people right there there must be some clever people at the bbc that have got their beep together to Mm. know that you just don't do this stuff you know i don't know why (laughs) Why? they take it upon them anyway did you like did it get you pumped for the for the next series did it get you? no it didn't actually but i I did i did like the um I kind of liked it. I, I, I mean, I don't mean to be thing. I don't want to be one of these negative, you know, like joining that sort of thing. But it, it, I, I'm just being honest. It didn't do much for me. I thought it was a nice poster. Uh, obviously, the Photoshop, you know, all the all of the mistakes, they didn't bother me at all because that's not what it's about. It's just, like you said, you can see exactly why yeah. they've done it. Um, it just felt to me uh, like they'd there's been a lot of people asking for a trailer and it's it's been so quiet. Um, it felt to me like... Uh, MCM had just happened. They had a couple of dot two panels there. They were like, "Come on, we've got to get something out from those series." It just felt rushed to me. It was like, "Come on, let's let's bang something together and let's start building the hype train." And uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool for what it was. Don't get me wrong. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's a cool little poster. Not not bad. Um, but you know, it's just even the sort of watch this space thing. It's like it just leaves you hanging. And here we are, two and a half weeks later, with nothing else. And it, <laughs> I really just think it was just a little scrap that was thrown to us, just to just to keep us going. And um, you know, it just felt rushed to me, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. I'm glad something was is happening. But uh, it didn't it didn't get me particularly excited. I'll be honest. I did I didn't look at it and think, oh man, here we go. You know, Jodie's back with the fam. You know, I didn't sort of get all excited about that. But, um, yeah, it, it was nice to get something, I suppose. It was nice to have some please, thing. Yeah. P- please um, <laughs> shoot me if I ever say the word fam again. Fam. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes you cringe. I don't know why. I really don't like it. Yeah, mind you, I think, to be honest with you, I, I do think the Beeb could be doing a little bit more to... To hype is up it because, is it Chibbers though? Is it Chibbers? Well, just, is he just really? Has he got that much control that he really just isn't letting anyone, you know, do anything? Like I don't, I don't know because it is it is unbelievable the amount of there's there's stuff you can be doing. I know they sort of put posts out about this was you know a year ago today this episode aired and they're sort of trying in that sense, but that's yeah I don't know. 
I just wonder, has he got it under such a tight grip that they just literally can't release anything or what? I don't know. <clears throat> don't know. Who knows? But I, I really feel like they should be doing more to, to market this because apparently Keep it's, it, in the it, eye. it is early 2020. This series is due out. Yeah, so yeah. that's in two months if you want to class it as like early, early. I know it's probably not January, but early to 2020 is not far away. So, And also, a, a few years ago, you and I spoke about some news and this is going back a few years now, but we said that during the Moffat era that the BBC had secured the show up until twenty was it was it up until twenty twenty or twenty twenty two? Twenty two, I think. Was it twenty two? I can't so remember now. That's not in, in in the world of television, that's not long, really. No. So a lot is riding on series twelve, to be honest with you. So they really oh, need to get it behind is. it and Mm. you know market it but there we go um so yeah before we crack on with merch um one cool thing i did notice though is that um torchwood and the sarah jane adventures mm. for some bizarre reason the bbc have created their own official youtube channels for those programs have they yeah oh okay i didn't notice that yeah so you know on the doctor who youtube channel the official one yeah. Every kind of week or every two weeks, they put just out a three-minute clip of something from the show. They've started to do the same thing with Torchwood and Sarah Jane. So there's about mm -hmm. half a dozen videos on there. Like, they're proper official channels, which we've not had before. So the timing of that is quite interesting. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. That, that is interesting. Like, hmm, why would they do that? Why would they do that? I mean, that? I'm, glad they, I'm glad they have. But yeah, that is that is interesting. Yeah. There, there was something I wanted to ask you about, but I've got to be a bit careful because... um. I don't want to, we don't do spoilers and I don't want to do spoilers in case anyone hasn't seen. But then again, this has been blasted <laughs> across everywhere. So there's a, there's a good chance people listening have seen it, but I'm not going to say the exact thing in case. Do it in um, sign language. We're on Skype. So sign, yeah, yeah. sign it to me. <laughs> this will be fantastic for the podcast. Just, yeah, <laughs> I'll just show you a picture of it. Um, no, I just wondered if you'd seen, so there was some filming in Bristol for the series 12. Yes. We think about it. So you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to say what the mm -hmm. actual returning, you know, what the creature is that we saw on the bridge. I'm sure everybody listening knows, but I'm not going to say it just because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But I was just wondering what you thought of that. Did you, because I'll be honest, um, so this particular creature has got a slight redesign let's say <laughs> now for the first time i was actually like oh the first time in, in you know i don't i don't like much of the redesign like the sidemen stuff i think they look awful but uh, i liked what i saw and i just wondered if you liked what you saw i'm trying not to give too much away because as i said i know some people just don't like anything ruined and i don't want to ruin anything for people but most people will know what i'm talking about um I didn't really see much of a redesign, to be honest with you. I didn't. Really so I'm talking about the. Oh, maybe I'll have to talk to you off air. <laughs> I'm talking about the. I can't say it because I don't want to ruin it for people. <laughs> um, uh, so let's I, just say for those listeners now, I'm talking about. I I thought that the design looked good, um, and looks very promising. It certainly it's certainly the first thing to get me a bit excited for series 12. Cause I've, I've got to be honest, I'm not really hyped for it. It's all like the Jadoon news didn't do anything for me whatsoever. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I saw this, you know, this, uh, picture of something on a bridge being filmed and I thought, Oh, that, that looks pretty good. Actually. I like the look of that. So yeah, those of you that know, great. Those of you that don't hopefully haven't spoiled anything for you. Mm, yes. We'll have to have a chat about this. Oh, I, have to have a chat. I yes. thought you'd know what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've waffled for long enough. I think so we have. Let's do some merch. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Um, DVDs and Blu-rays that are forthcoming from the lost world of classic Doctor Who. The next one is going to be Fury from the Deep. Yes, brilliant. Yay. The, uh, Another one. Yeah, the old, uh, the late 60s. Uh, this, is a, this is a fairly long one as well. I think this is six parts. Yeah, I Fury think it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool, this, um, uh, the, the Troughton story. So this was announced back on or in uh, the recent, um, uh, was it MCM? Or London MCM, Comic-Con? I think, yeah. yeah one of the, oh, one of those, yeah. Yeah, so there was a, a panel all about um, sort of animation and stuff, and this was announced there. They had a little teaser trailer. It's a very, it, the word teaser is very relevant here because there's nothing in it really. It's just a bit of a, hmm. uh, a slow pan with um, some wind blowing and stuff. And then it cuts to the logo, which looks really cool, actually, the new logo. It's like this bright green, and, and the font looks really cool. It's got a very hammer-esque horror vibe to it. it looks really cool yeah um but the the, the audio uh, is very clear and crisp it's you can tell they've already done some work uh, on that stuff so it's not due until next year it's coming out on dvd and blu-ray uh, so you have i think this will follow suit from the previous uh, lost stories that have been animated you'll get the standard dvd the standard blu-ray and then the steelbook uh, blu-ray mm. which looks kind of cool if that's the final ver- oh it's not the final version but um Yes, so it was announced, and then uh, they're going to do it in both colour and black and white, like they did previously. And uh, and there'll be a new making of, and some other features that we don't know about yet to be announced. But uh, I assume this is another pre-order for you, bud. It is for me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, really, really great news. Um, I know Fury is one that fans absolutely love. Um, is it? Well, it seems to have got a really good reputation. It's not a story I know a lot about. So I'm quite intrigued by it, actually. And I'm really looking forward to getting this one. As I said, I know a lot of fans really rate it um, as, a, as a good story. So, yeah, it sounds like it was a great choice. Um, what's the one that's coming before that? The the other one that was announced. Is it Faceless Ones? The Faceless Ones, yes. So that's another trial, isn't it? Because I remember when we knew that they were going to announce another uh, like lost story coming up. And... I, I must admit, part of me was hoping for a Hartnell. I thought I was thinking, oh, I love Troughton, but I'm ready for a Hartnell animation if they're going to do going to do one. So when it was announced, I was like, oh, that is brilliant. Great story. Great choice. Um, but I was sort of thinking, oh, a little bit of me just wanted a Hartnell one next. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking they're trying to fill in the gaps ready for a, a Troughton Blu-ray release, I would think. Because I, I assume he's got the most missing stories um, uh, of all the Doctors. I yeah. think he has, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm really, yeah, absolutely pre-order, can't wait. I'm really looking forward to both of these, actually, Faceless Ones and Fury from the Deep. Um, two, two, yeah, two really nice things to look forward to. Indeed, yeah. Price, yeah. Yeah, price at the moment is eighteen ninety nine. You can get it from the usuals. Um, Amazon, Zoom.co.uk, you can pre-order it now. But there's just mm. no date at the minute. It's just 
next year. So it's just there. I'm looking forward to the artwork because uh, I, I love the fact they're doing Steelbook for both of these and uh still the bbc seem to have twigged that us dot two fans love a steelbook now don't they they <laughs> they seem to do it for everything which is great um i hope they continue to do that because um i do love a steelbook it's like <laughs> yay the bbc get it um the faceless ones um uh, just as you mentioned there that is not out until uh when's that one out? oh that's um i don't think that's got a date yet either does it no, I think they're just both penciled in for next year, next aren't they? Next year, that's, yeah. Yeah, yep. I guess so. I suppose they've got to, they're probably still working on the animation, so they're probably just going to gauge it by that. Yes. Mm. But yeah, great news. Absolutely brilliant news. Right, uh, another merch news. Um, we've talked about these guys before. Um, they are called, I can, no, I'm going to struggle to pronounce it. <laughs> Terra, Terra, no, you say it, Terra. Uh, I think it's um, Terra, Terra, Terra Curious. Terracuous distributors, I think. Yeah, Terracuous. Let's go with that. Um, (laughs) These guys basically are trying to fill in the gaps that we have um, from the original Dot 2 annual releases. So there were a couple of years that were missed out and they've been doing a great job of like actually producing um, the missing annuals, if you like, the ones that were never done, the years that were never done. Um, And the artwork that they've managed to get is often from people... um, that worked on the annuals at the time. So they're very sort of authentic and they look great. So the next one they've got planned is, is, is something slightly different. So they've been doing obviously the dot two ones up to now. This one is a dot two one, but it's going to be called the master annual. Uh, and it's got a really, it's the cover of it is basically inspired by the very first William Hartnell annual. So it's got that sort of look to it. Uh, if anyone's trying to think, if you think of an adventure in space and time, uh, they use that annual cover in that, don't they? They put Bradley's face on it. Did a brilliant job oh, on yeah, that. Yeah. So this one's sort of similar style to that. It's got the master written in that sort of annual text. It's got a picture of Roger Delgado on the front. And um, they've given a little sort of blurb about it. It says, the master is the anti-hero, sometimes saving people not because of compassion or moral values, but because it suits whatever agenda he has. Of course, he can also be the villain he's very good at that and remember the meddlesome doctor isn't around and that's when villains come out on top and it does say the cover is a tribute to the Hartnell annual by artist paul cook uh so yeah this is this, this sounds good i mean there's more information if you head over to their facebook page they'll give you a bit more of a lowdown on it um i think the previous annuals have been pretty popular um because they've put a lot of sort of hard work to make them look quite authentic to fit in with the original ones so this is a nice little addition i think it is yeah it looks very cool i love the cover yeah. the cover's really nice and i uh, do i love it yeah yeah, yeah just to, um, yeah the, i find a little blurb on it. it says with the cover we wanted to make it clear that the doctor isn't around this is not his annual fans of the classic annuals will notice that there are a few empty spaces those spaces will be filled by characters from the stories within the annual as the project progresses so looking good yeah it does look good Yes, we'll, we'll give you some more details when they when they've confirmed um, when the the release date for that and so on is. But I think there are other ones due out before that. The Sixth Doctor was it 1987 manual, if my memory serves correct. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I think it was eight. Yes, 87, wasn't Something it? Like and then the previous one was a Pertwee one. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, head to their Facebook page. I'm on it now. I've got some. The covers are great. They they really have done a great job of catching that sort of look. So. Yeah, I can't pronounce them, but I'll spell it for you. T-E-R-R-A-Q-U-E-O-U-S, distributors. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> to that, that website. Or <laughs> just click on the link that Gary will put on. It's up to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go and check it out. They've got some, um, if you're a fan of the classic years and that. 
yeah. old nostalgia annuals and stuff. It's cool. Uh, right, moving on. Sophie Aldred uh, was asked to write a book. Yeah. So she wrote a book. She did a thing. A Doctor Who thing, yeah. Uh, so she has wrote a, a Doctor Who novel called At Childhood's End. And the subline is, subtitle is Past or Future, Which Path Do You Choose? And it's uh, this is an ace story, but it's ace teamed up with the Doctor, Ryan, Graham, and Yaz. So it's a, it's a modern Doctor Who or latest Doctor story with Ace. And um, once a girl called Ace travelled the universe with the Doctor until in the wake of a terrible tragedy that parted their company. Decades later, she is known as Dorothy McShane, the reclusive millionaire philanthropist who heads mm. global organisation A Charitable Earth. This is This feels to me like they're doing some cool stuff with Ace because when yeah. they did the reveal trailer for season 26 on the BBC YouTube channel, that description that I've just read sounds like what they did with Ace in that it does. video, doesn't it? Yeah, Because she's it really in this does. really like tall, classy, posh high-rise mm. uh, building in London looking over the, the landscape and that does it like a very pricey uh, uh, digs. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I, I thought the same thing. It really Ooh. sounds like they're building this sort of ace, but you know, continuation of ace, which I love because she's one of my favourite companions. So yeah, I'm loving this actually. It's cool, yeah. And just mm. um, a bit more blurb. Uh, Dorothy is haunted by terrible nightmares, vivid dreams that begin just as scores of young runaways are vanishing from the dark alleyways of London. Uh, could the disappearances be linked to sightings of sinister creatures lurking in the city shadows? Why has an alien satellite entered the secret orbit around the moon? And then Sophie herself goes on to say, I was thrilled and honoured to have been asked to create this opportunity for the 13th Doctor and Ace to meet each other. I had always hoped to be able to offer classic fans an encounter between Ace and a current Doctor in some form or other, and I hope fans of the present team will enjoy the blending of two eras of the most amazing programme in the universe. Mm. That sounds cool to me. I love it. I really, genuinely do. I really think this sounds great. I'm I'm very excited for this. I think it's yeah. I think it's an awesome team up. I think um, just the fact Sophie's written it herself as well, and yeah, it, I, yeah, just sounds very good. It does. Yes, it's another 2020 release, but not too long. Mm. So this is out on uh, in normal book format on the sixth of February, and it will also be available as an audio CD, which is narrated by Sophie herself. And I like the cool little touch that. At childhood's, childhood's End, the first letter of each of those words is Ace. Ace, yeah. Is that the, the final cover? Because I do like it. I think so, yeah. Mm, I do like it. I wish, eight, I mean, it's the 13th Doctor in the shadows again. She does like hiding in the shadows, doesn't she? 13th oh, yeah. Doctor. It's all about yeah. the shadows. Um, yeah, I wish there was a bit of Ace on there. I'm sorry to be picky because I do like the cover, but I... I'm not saying I wish that was Ace on the cover, but I wish, yeah, I guess that's why they've done the Ace in the title, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's to put her on. Um, big Finish fans, I need your help, actually, come to do with this, because I remember, oh, yonks ago, listening to the missing stories that Big Finish did, uh, which basically continued doing the Seventh Doctor stories that were never made after survival. And I remember Ace goes on a bit of a journey, um, and I may be getting mixed up with some of the other big finish stuff. I don't know. What I want to know is, um, I know they kind of wrapped up Ace's story from my memory. I'm sure they kind of 
finished stuff off. And I don't want to say too much spoilers again, but can somebody tell me if this conflicts that? Not that it's a big deal, but I'm just thinking, I'm sure like, I'm sure the Doctor took Ace on a bit of a journey in those big Finnish stories that kind of ended. And I just want to know if this sort of conflicts those stories. Um, I'm just intrigued to know. So big Finnish fans, if you can help me out on that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Ace went down a certain path, which is what, from what my memory tells me, sort of Cartmel had planned. If he was going to do the next series of Who, he'd sort of structured Ace's, you know, the way she left the show. I think she was going to leave in the next series. And I think the big Finnish stories did that. But I just, yeah, I'm just intrigued to see because it's so long ago since I listened to them. My, my memory of those stories could could be getting completely muddled. But mm. yeah, I don't remember. I, I'm just trying to work out how this would fit in with what was going to originally happen. Um, so if anybody out there knows what on earth I'm talking about, please do <laughs> get in touch. Yeah, big Finnish fans, get on it. Let yeah. us know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, otherwise I might just have to throw my big Finisher at, you know, you're not canon anymore. Yeah, in the they're going to pull a Star Wars. Yeah. Like I would do that, but yeah. <laughs> cool. So, right, lastly, um, this is some great news that literally just dropped this morning. One good thing about doing the podcast uh, so late. Uh, so the next vinyl release um, has just been announced this morning, and I'm, I'm terribly excited about this because I, I love these releases. These are the sort of special box sets, limited editions that we've been getting. So we had Evil of the Daleks, The Abominable Snowman. Uh, what was the other one? Brr, forgotten now. Another Dalek one. Mm, Those can't ones. think. Yeah. Those ones. But they've got the really nice covers and they often do like uh, Amazon often get an exclusive. So like with the Snowman one, it had like a splattered vinyl and all this sort of stuff. The next release that's coming out is the Z- the Web Planet. I nearly called it the Zarbi then. The, the Z- Web Planet, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is going to, I just can't wait to see the artwork for this because um, the, the previous ones have been brilliant. So once again, there'll be two versions of this. There'll be the standard edition, which you can get sort of anywhere, not limited, blah, blah, blah. And then Amazon, once again, have got an exclusive vinyl and it's going to be called an Animus Splatter vinyl, Ooh. apparently. Anima, Animus. Mm. Um, so we, we haven't got any pictures of the artwork yet. We haven't seen the vinyl we don't know what it's going to look like but if the previous releases are anything to go by uh this is going to be brilliant and the pre-order is up now it'll be three heavyweight 180 gram vinyl records um and although the zarbi is just well i don't think we've reviewed it have we i find it hard to watch because of this the smear lens really annoys me they put like this sort of um vaseline on this lens to make it look weird and it, it kind of annoys me when watching it obviously i won't have that problem with this because i'll be listening to it so i think this is a really great choice I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the artwork um i was trying to find the release date for it when is it 13th of december uh and the exclusive one is 49.99 i think the standard might be the same price um they normally are it doesn't say at the moment but no that one's coming is. up as currently unavailable which probably means um the date will be changing on that. But anyway, at the minute, it's scheduled for December 13th. Yeah, so Web Planet exclusive edition, limited edition of only 500 uh, is from those people at Amazon. But the standard one you would just be able to get from you. I've seen them in HMV sometimes. I saw one in in there recently, actually. They get they get them sometimes. So, yeah, that's great. I, I, I know you haven't got any of the previous sets, have you? But... No, they are. No, I, they, to... I mean, they're expensive and they take up a lot of room. So I can totally get why 
you haven't, but um, I'm loving these. Absolutely loving them. No, no, I have to kind of pick carefully what I'm going to start collecting I these know, days. Yeah, yeah so yeah, but it does look very cool though. Enough. Yeah, I've got to love the old limited edition version. Yeah, well, it's nice Good. to see again. It's Hartnell as well. It's nice to see Hartnell's story getting a bit, of, bit of love. Indeedy. Yes. Yes. Right. That's it for merch. It is. It's time for some third Doctor action. <laughs> what are we reviewing this week, bud? Some of the music in this. Um, so yeah, this week a bit of Pertwee action. Uh, it's uh, the Ambassadors of Death. Control to recovery seven. Do you read me? Control to recovery seven. Do you read me? In a few minutes, we shall know the answer to the mystery that has baffled the world scientists for seven months. There's been no radio contact for seven months. Something's gone badly wrong, Mars Probe 7. Close space control, this is recovery 7. Will you clear us for re-entry? What's wrong? This is an emergency. We must alert the world to the menace of an alien invasion. We've got to find out who's sending that signal. We're not having a great deal of success, so the astronauts are still missing. We're sure, kidnapped. Those astronauts are emitting radiation like walking reactors. I shall recommend an immediate all-out attack. That doctor has even volunteered to pilot the recovery rocket. He must be stopped. If that rocket goes up, it means disaster. A large unidentified object is approaching you on collision course. Blast that thing out of our sky! I don't know what we brought down in Mars Probe 7, but it certainly wasn't human. Ooh, what a brilliant trailer. What a cracker. That is a cracker. I I put out on Twitter earlier the name of the YouTube channel that does these trailers. Mm. And a big thank you because the, the guy that does these trailers, they're so good and they always get us out of a pickle. Because <laughs> whenever we, especially Classic Who, whenever it's that week when we're doing a, a classic review, I jump onto YouTube to try and find the trailer and... They're very, they're few and far between from the BBC. Mm. So this guy has got such a massive catalogue. He's gone, he's done so many classic Who trailers that it's very cool. So thank you very, very much. I can never say the name correctly. It's very, very Tesserum K U K T or something. There's a link. Go and go to our Twitter account. I tweeted it about an hour uh, uh, Friday morning. Just do a search then, and uh, yes, it's um. Yeah, he's got, got us out of a pickle many times. So thank you for that. Anyways, the Ambassadors of Death, the uh, big old seven-parter mm. um, from Series 7, no less. Uh, it was first broadcast back in March 1970. Wow. And it was uh, written by David Whittaker with a few uncredited and helping little moments from Malcolm Hulk and Der- Terence Dix. Uh, Terence Dix was the script editor as well, and it was directed by Michael Ferguson. Mm. Um, Michael Ferguson you might know the name from Classic Who he also did uh, well what did he do uh, The Claws of Axos a year later uh, The War Machines Old Seeds of Death as well yes uh, so um, yeah very decent director it stars John Pertwee as a doctor uh, we've got Liz Shaw Caroline John and a fairly substantial uh, supporting cast in this one and the story is relatively simple uh, the Doctor teams up with the Brig and Unit to find out what's happened to the Mars Probe 7. Uh, apparently, the uh, uh, the astronauts were safely 
brought back to Earth, but we find out that the three astronauts weren't uh, the human astronauts. They were actually still stranded up in orbit outside. And uh, these uh, aliens that have come down are actually highly radioactive. They need radioactivity uh, isotopes to survive, and they've got a deadly touch. Everything they touch uh, gets disintegrated or killed. And uh, it's like a kind of two in, or th- two in and throw in. There's a, a bit of a whodunit aspect uh, with the Doctor and Liz trying to find out who's the mastermind behind all of these uh, smoke and mirrors and lies. Lots of different scientists and military people are um, trying to take out the Doctor and so on. And it turns out that it's uh, just this crazy military guy who's got such a massive fear of of aliens and alien invasion that he could, he wants to, he'll do anything at all to to make them look like the baddies and invoke war and all that stuff. And at, at the end of the day, the doctor realizes that. You know, there's no hostile threat. They just want their, as the name suggests, they want their ambassadors back as an exchange for the three astronauts that are stranded up there still. And and there we go. So seven parts, dude. Old Ruffles, as our listener, uh, listener Sammy calls him. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon to this one? Yeah. Um, so uh, I really enjoyed this one, actually. Um, I was a bit, I was expecting it to be a bit of a slog. I'm not going to lie. When I saw it seven parts, I was thinking, hmm. Um, it's not a story I remember a lot about either. And I, so I wasn't expecting big things from it, if you like. I was thinking, yeah, I know I've watched this a few times, but apart from the sort of spacesuits, they're really the only thing that sticks in my mind about it. Um, so, yeah, I watched it in a couple of over a couple of nights, which I think helped massively. Because I think if I watched this all in one go, it could have um, got a bit boring, I think. But no, overall, I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought, um, I thought the direction was fantastic, actually. I thought Michael Ferguson really... Because like you said earlier, the the story is quite a simple one. Considering it's got a last seven parts, there isn't a great deal to it. And I thought Michael Ferguson really kept my interest in the way it was shot. Um, really well shot, actually. Some, some great angles. And the editing as well is incredibly... Uh, exciting for the time of year that it was made. So what I mean by that is, you know, Doctor Who, uh, early Doctor Who could be quite static, uh, even when they're trying to film it in a way that's, you know, from different angles and make it look good. Normally the editing is very much of a certain pace. So normally, you know, you'll get quite long shots and, you know, but with this one, they've really tried to inject some sort of excitement into it. So it's very fast cuts, which I think is quite unusual for for that sort of early Doctor Who. Um, so that helped, again, to sort of keep the story moving at a fairly good pace, I thought. Um, I will say it does fizzle out a bit, though. I did feel when it ended, it's a bit of a flat ending. So that's a bit of a shame, I think, because up until the sort of last couple of episodes, I was really quite invested in the story. Um, I thought performances were good from the cast. Um, John Pertwee's brilliant in it. I've noticed... I'm going to, I want to talk to you about this later when we get to him, but he felt quite different in his performance to the Pertwee we see later on, because this is his first season, isn't it? Um, and I could tell, and I think in a way, um, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Uh, it just I could notice a difference in, in the way he's playing the Doctor, um, but I'll come to that later on when we talk about it. So, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Great direction, good story. I could follow it. Um, I just felt a little just felt like the ending was a little flat and that's a shame um i think the last couple of episodes it did lose its momentum um so probably if it had been a four or even six parter it would have been a lot better um 
probably needed that episode taken out just to tighten it up. Uh, but yeah, it was just a bit of a flat ending. It gets resolved very easily. Um, in a way, I kind of like it because it's different. You know, it's not the doctor blowing, having to destroy stuff or st- it's just a very sort of um, humanized way of ending the story. So I quite like that. But it but it did leave me feeling a bit. Oh, is that it? <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good one, though. I, I do. Yeah, definitely one that um, I would watch again. I really did enjoy it for the most part. Yeah. What about you? I really like this one, mate. Yeah. Oh, good. I do really like it. Mm. I, I couldn't remember anything from the, my first viewing. No, me either, really. Apart from the spacesuits. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't mean I didn't. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, oh, there's nothing in here. Mm. I, I just genuinely. It's been so long since I've watched it. It's just not one that I gravitate to if I'm going to watch some Pertwee for some reason. Mm. But on the second viewing, I've only seen it once before. But on this viewing, it's um. I was I was just really hooked. I, I watched this. I think I watched this with three one evening and four the other. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was I just didn't mind that at all. I just happily sat there and I mean to be honest, if if I had more time, if I did this, if I watched it at the weekend or a day off or something, I would have happily just gone through seven seven parts of this. It, it's not the quickest story in the world, mm. and it's not. Uh, it, it does suffer slightly from a little bit of lag in some places. Like the, some of the scenes where you've got, like there's a scene where they, uh, the brigadier and everybody are out in the field and they've come to pick up the, the capsule that's landed. Yeah. And then after they've loaded it onto the, the lorry, you know, there's a scene where they're just driving around country roads. <laughs> that right. seems yeah. to go on for ages. It's like, yeah, we yeah. get it. They've picked it up. They're going to take it here, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the scene where, uh, it's, it's classic 70s TV. It's so good. Like the scene where the helicopter comes down over the truck and the dudes hang off of it and it's like, you know, a bit of action going on. You know, that kind of pulls you back in a bit. But then there are other scenes as well, like when Liz is running away from the, the bunker and stuff and when she, you know, so there are scenes that you can tell that are, are have been stretched or not edited down because, you know, that is seven parts after all, but yeah. Overall, I think it, it this story's got a really good vibe about it as well. It there, does, yeah. There are there are some some parts of each episode where you think, "Am I watching a Doctor Who program here?" Because it's got like a big. I think because of the way it's been directed and the the music choice as well. I think some of the music uh, from Dudley Simpson has got a very different feel to it mm. than some other Doctor Who. It's got a very unique. Uh, theme, especially the theme when the ambassadors are on screen in the spacesuits, yeah. it's got a really kind of quite trippy, isn't it? Otherworldly, but mm. very unique theme. Um, and then, so, then there's another theme as well, which has got like a kind of a very old school spy espionage saxophony kind of really early James Bondy kind of feel to it as well. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So it, yeah, 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 and. And it, yeah, it, it it kind of it feels like those really old style of uh, kind of you know like the Saints and mm. you know that kind of show from back in the day. It really it's got that feel to it sometimes, and because there's not a lot of uh, like good old fashioned sci-fi is only present in this story in drips and drabs. Really, the the, the most part of it is a is a kind of Cluedo-y detective story almost so there's only like little pockets of 
of spacey stuff, even though it's set at a space center and it's we've got the whole launch going on and astronauts and stuff, that still feels very um, human and very worldly to us. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. It's not until yeah. the Doctor goes up to the spaceship that he gets you know, boarded by the alien ship. Mm. That whole bit's obviously very sci-fi and stuff, but the rest of it, yeah, it just feels like a, a really good old school kind of detective story, really. It's uh, you've you've hit the nail on the head there about the vibe for me because that's the thing. It's um, there's just this sort of I think the overall production and just the cast are so playing it so straight and everything just feels it almost feels like a mix of of like Quatermass and then a bit of the Sweeney, you know, oh, yeah, like the chasing yeah. and the music and then there's a good old shootout. It's kind of got it all, but you're right that all the way through it, there's this sort of yeah vibe that's just really, really um, draws you in. And yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. Um, Some sort of stories, especially when they're, you know, from the Perry era, especially when they're like 67 parts, they kind of feel, uh, they can feel a bit laboured. They can feel a little bit sort of um, static and they can sometimes feel a bit, you know, a bit like watching a performance, if you like. This one, it did, I can't really explain it, but it does have this sort of vibe to it that they've sort of, I don't know. It just takes its time and it just tells the story and it's really well acted by the cast. They seem, everybody seems so totally into it. Um, yeah, there's no sort of, that's, but actually there's one, there is one actually, there's one person that perhaps sounds, uh, well, they, I was going to say sort of not over the top, but that's that British. Hello there, doctor. <laughs> sort of thing. You know, and I'll say, Oh yeah, that's typical of the era. But for the most part, everyone's so good in it that it just really, really flows. Um, I watched it in two, two and three. So I watched two one night, two the next, and then three. Um, and that was just brilliant actually for me. That that just really flowed nicely. But yeah, the vibe thing, I totally get it. It's just got a feel about it that that it's being taken very seriously and everyone's trying to do their best and mm, mm, it yeah. does. It it really did work, I thought, for the most part of the story. I was quite surprised by it, because like you, it's not one I gravitate towards very often. Um, and so I assumed I was going to be a bit bored by it, but yeah, I was pretty invested in this one. Yeah, same. And uh, interesting um, what they did with the opening titles as well. Yeah, the ding, the the, the zinger, the <laughs> yeah. sting. What do yeah. you reckon? A bit like um, I kind of liked it actually. Yeah, I was going to say it's. Uh, they tried something different with that, and I think I think when you've got a story that's at least four parts, mm. uh, these work quite well. I think. I think yeah. I do agree with you about the scenes being stretched. I think if this had been a if this had been a four parter, I think it would have been absolutely amazing. I think a six parter, it still would have been really good. I think it was just that one part too long, really. But it didn't. There was no point when I felt bored. I'll be honest. There was no point when I thought, oh, you know, can this episode just end? You know, there was none of that. Even the bits that felt a little bit, like you said, there was padding absolutely there is padding in this no doubt about it but even those bits i was kind of like i was still quite invested in in what was going on i just loved the whole concept and the eeriness and um and the fact that it turns out to be <laughs> you know these ambassadors have been sent down to do good and of course what do we do go and shove them in a radioactive room <laughs> so I, again i like yeah. that, that it turns out i know it's been done a few times now but you know it would have been fairly a fairly fresh idea i think that they're not bad at all. You know, they can't, you know, they're killing people, but they don't, they don't know, you know, that they can't help it sort of thing. It's just, you know, because of this radioactivity or whatever. So yeah, I just thought that was a nice thing as well. Cause when the doctor finally goes up to the, to the spaceship to find out what's going on and it's, you know, the reveal of, 
you know, we were trying to make peace with you, you know, that thing. <laughs> um, I was loving all of that. I thought, oh, this is great. Oh, actually, I had forgotten, though. I said all the cars are brilliant. Um, I have just remembered that the Cockney astronauts did kind of that kind uh, of they let they let it down because the rest of the cast are brilliant. But the Cockney, all right, mate, watch out! We're trying to watch the TV, here, Governor. It's like, oh dear, <laughs> they don't, don't you think they've read the brief of you are astronauts that have gone into say that that let it down so but it was fun though it was funny they're trying to watch like this futuristic tv thing aren't they it was it is it was yeah. yeah i mean that that was <laughs> out of the way mate i can't see what i'm watching now just, yeah we were on earth aren't we yeah that was a bit <laughs> yeah because it was far removed from the first so the very first scene in episode one is an astronaut up in the, the capsule yeah and he's uh, got like a radio it's very advanced because it's he's got a live radio and video link yeah um, you know there's no delay or latency or whatever <laughs> so it's kind of cool oh that's the other thing the um in the space center you know the whatever it was i can only describe it as something similar to the bridge from star trek the enterprise it's like yeah. a thing where the what's his name the governor's sitting at the, the what's his name he's the manager of all the stuff I was going to say there is such a big cast in this, yeah. and long-time listeners will will understand. I I'm not going to know any of the names. <laughs> I, I, him anyway, and then you've got all the yeah. other, his assistants off. But there's a huge screen in that room, and during production, it must have just been like a big bit of blue cloth or something. Mm. Um, but the way that they made the, the way they scaled it and and moved it in position actually worked really well. The only yeah. telltale signs were like the little jagged edges around the edge of it, because that's just you know what they had to work with at the time. But anyway, the, the astronaut was up in the um, thing. He's got a live video link and he comes across as quite, hello, I'm just pushing button one C over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, proceed. So that's, he comes across as quite educated and prim and proper, like you would uh, imagine an astronaut, you know, being. But then the other yeah. the astronaut that you just mentioned, they're like, all right, mate. Yeah, we're up here in space at the minute. We're just having a laugh. Don't worry. It's a, it is a little bit. Yeah, I just of, don't. Of contrast, yeah, I don't think yeah. they got the brief right. Those guys. No, this is no. they are the only one. And to be fair, it's such a <laughs> minor because it's 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 quite fun actually. Uh, I enjoyed that. I loved I loved all the stuff with Pert. We going up in the spaceship as well. Again, it just because really they've <laughs> what you want to you thinking of the hairdryer moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old John. I, I must admit, I did have visions of someone just out of shot holding a, you know, hairdryer, just blowing his face to make it look look like he was going into space. Oh god! The, the best bit about that is, um, he doesn't break his character oh, no. at all. Not so, at all. and he almost does the world's the words will gummage eyes. You know, there's well, actually, there's some scenes. There's quite a few scenes in Doctor Who when he's having a scrap with somebody, and if somebody gets him in, in a headlock. He does this kind of face where he puffs his cheeks out and does this weird cross-eyed thing yeah. with his eyes. He almost had that going on as well, and then the mouth's like stretching because the hair drying stuff. But it, have, <laughs> it, but it seems to stay on his face for about five minutes. Yeah, and it's just him staring up at the ceiling with his mouth being like blown <laughs> open. It's I was cracking up at that bit. Oh, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I was. Oh man. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was as well. Like, because I knew exactly what was happening. Uh, yeah. there. That was that was good. Um, I, I was going to say something then, but yeah, you're on about a, a scrap. There's quite a few good scraps in this, isn't there? Yeah. There's a unit shootout, which um, 
although now it looks pretty tame, I, I think for the time uh, it's quite violent, actually. There's like unit soldiers being gunned down left, right and centre in that. Is it episode one or two? I can't remember now. But that, that scrap at the beginning, I'm thinking, blimey, this is... You've got like a guy with a gun right in the brig's face. And I was thinking, for the, for the time... The era this was made, that's pretty strong stuff for a kid's show, I thought. But, I mean, it was great. It was really well shot and brilliantly directed. Um, proper sort of... Because, you know, sometimes those fight sequences, they're so rehearsed, aren't they? You know, like, oh, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. You know, they're so sort of... This one felt like a proper getting stuck in and bullets flying everywhere. I thought it was really good. Yeah, there was, there was another dark uh, moment, actually, when... Mm. They had the 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 ambassadors were in the back of a truck, and as we know at this point in the story, they're highly radioactive. Mm. And the who's the muscle in the story? You know the guy that's keeping Liz prisoner and the other Is that uh, Regan? scientist guy, Is Regan, that yeah. Regan guy. Um, yeah, he's like get in the back. So these two guys, these lackeys, they jump in the back of the truck, and then when. Uh, when they get to where they're going, they're obviously dead. So they drag the bodies out and then they just dump them into the quarry place and bury them right there and there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Harsh. I've thought, wow, this is, um, cause you don't, you, you, those sort of things are often hinted at, but we actually see like the dead bodies being dragged out Yeah, and they just get, you know, buried. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it does feel the whole thing feels quite adult to me yes. uh, maybe that's what yeah. we yeah maybe that's what it is because i'm trying to get my head around what it is about the vibe that you mentioned earlier that's so good um maybe it is that it does feel as i said everyone's saying it seriously it does feel quite adult they don't sort of shy away from anything like i said proper shootouts and scraps and you know and all that so the old brig's getting right stuck in there um there's isn't there a bit at the end as well when he just bursts through a door and guns someone down i was like blimey the brig um or am i imagining that i don't know but there was some there was definitely some some scraps going on in this that there was yeah. that were pretty pretty good yeah again it kind of reminded me of the sweeney maybe it was the music as well <laughs> the, the music at times was quite um 70s Sweeney-esque, wasn't it? With all the it chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that confuses me, I've never got my head around this. What is going on with the, the doctor's console room? Why is it like a bedroom? I I can't ever remember why it ends up like that. Uh, yeah. So I think um, it's interesting, actually, the console, because I think it's the first time we see the console outside of the TARDIS. Yeah. So why is it in that weird cgi root uh, is it cgi blue screen sorry not cgi but yeah um, what I, I can't ever remember why it's like that or if it's even explained um somebody out there must know but it is odd isn't it it's an odd i'm just not used to seeing the tardis like that it, yeah i mean it's there were a couple of scenes actually where there was some uh what what's the the, the old video process called for the blue screen it's called CSO. CSO, yeah. There were a few scenes there where I thought, why are they doing that as CSO? It doesn't mm. it doesn't feel like that. That seems to me like that could have been done on a set. Um so there was yeah, there was a, a couple of scenes where the brig is standing in front of something and it's CSO'd, and you think, why is he why is that it's very clearly CSO'd as well, like a yeah. couple like a couple of the uh space center bits. Almost like a sort of pickup shot in it, like oh, we need to actually we didn't film that, so we need to quickly do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I noticed that a few times. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm honestly not sure on 
on why the TARDIS is like that outside the TARDIS and why there's well the story before was the Silurians I don't remember I just I just wonder if there's an explanation for it or if um you know or if we're just supposed to accept that the doctor's with unit and he's made it, the TARDIS look a bit more homely I I don't I just can never remember so somebody out there will know who's listening somebody will uh, but it is odd isn't it and then obviously the TARDIS console is green so we're seeing it in the first time yeah, because we've seen it for the first time in colour, we've always assumed it was white up until now, but it was green because um, that showed up better in black and white, I think. So, yeah, it, looks, it just looks, the whole thing looks a bit odd. We get that strange scene where they're like, the Doctor's playing around as well and he's vanishing and then Liz appears and all that. And, and that kind of, does that, that kind of ties into the bit when Pertwee has the tape in his hand and it, vanishes and stuff i think that's there to set that up isn't it because i was a bit yes, unsure what yeah. was going on there um yeah. it's almost like a conjuring trick that he does <laughs> in the middle of a, of a scrap uh, so <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's what that bit at the beginning is all about isn't it isn't he just explaining how he does it i don't know yeah so yeah i think i'm not sure our listeners have to tell us but mm. i could be Maybe this is on the special features, I can't remember, but I think the writers had decided that the TARDIS was being overused up to that point. Mm. So they were just going to park the use of the TARDIS for now and just not use it as a as a thing in the stories for a while. I think that's what it... I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's see, in my like memory, that. in my memory, is that the Doctor's somehow moved the console into that. I don't think the house is supposed to be the TARDIS, if I'm remembering rightly. I think the Doctor's somehow supposed to have taken the console out of the TARDIS, I think. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a very odd thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, I just wondered, and when does it go back to the Roundel Room and stuff? I, I almost feel like watching them in, in order to sort of find out but um somebody can let us know anyway but it's a yeah it threw me a little at the start i'll be honest i'd completely forgotten about all that stuff yes mm. uh what did you think to the um so we said it's a it's a fairly simple story there's not a huge deal going on it's relatively easy to follow mm. even it's over seven parts what did you think to the the whole concept of because for the first few well for the first five episodes I suppose there's always somebody in each episode which you think as they do something so there's there's the scientist guy at the beginning who pulls the gun on them yeah takes Liz hostage for a few seconds and stuff so he's clearly involved somehow and then we have the 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 guy um, who actually ends up being the the cause of it all uh, what's his name General Carrington. Carrington, that's yep. right. Yeah. Um, so he acts a bit suspicious as well, and then mm. the person who he supposedly reports into, uh, Sir James Quinlan, he's obviously <laughs> great name. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously acting a bit weird as well. So, what did you think? Because they, it was a. Re- I felt it was written really well in that respect, where in each episode, one of those characters has a conversation between them, or they do something, and you think, is he the one? Is is he the one that's masterminding yeah. it, or or is it him? Or whatever, and then for a, for a while, I thought when I first watched it, I thought they've they're going to pull an epic twist here. It's going to be the guy uh, Ralph Cornish. He's the guy that's running like the space center. Mm. Um, is it going to be him? Because he's been so quiet throughout the whole story. He's come across as the good guy, yeah, and the guy that's been supporting the Doctor and helping the astronauts and stuff. He goes against 
the orders of above him to say, no, we're going to put another rocket up to rescue these guys. So I thought, is it him? Is he like really planted well as a really good disguise? And he's, he's going to be the, but you know, he wasn't, but it ended up being, um, uh, Carrington in the end. But I really loved how that was written throughout each episode where it got your mind ticking over a little bit as to who was the, cause you could tell that they were all in it somehow. And then you've got mm. the, the guy who's been hired to do the stuff as well, Regan and all that stuff. Is he the one that's pushing it all? But then you realize that mm, probably not. Uh, so yeah, did you like the whole, who is it vibe? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. I mean, Carrington was dodgy from the start, but I, I totally agree with you about, um, Cornish. Was it the guy who's, uh, I don't know if it was intentional the way he played it, but there was always something. I was thinking, nah, come on, he's going to suddenly, he's going to suddenly pull a gun out or something like that. There was something about him yes, that didn't yeah. make you trust him. And of course, um, actually, he's totally innocent. <laughs> but yeah, I, if I was going to put money on it, it would have been him. Yes. So I would have yeah. would have lost. So I agree. And I, again, I don't know if he played it like that intentionally or if it's just the way it came across. But um, yeah, I, I thought that was that was good. But yeah, Carrington, I, I had him down as a robber from the start. Yeah, yeah well, you did because of the conversations he had with um, Quinlan. The two yeah. of them, you know, they were conspiring to stop the Doctor, you know, mm. you know, meddling too much. And they certainly didn't want the rocket to go up and rescue the other astronauts and stuff. So you could tell that they were in it somehow, but you yeah. just didn't know which one was the... Who the, was pulling the strings? The main leader, yeah, the string mm. puller, yeah. Mm. So it's a cracking, it really is a cracking script and a it cracking a story script. from it. I, I, I want to say that David Whittaker, you know, masterminded this all, but I just, I've just got a feeling that old, uh, old Terence, old Terence has just injected these such cool yeah. little concepts into each one because they literally did, you know, episodes two to seven, pretty much. The, like the rewrites and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I just reckon old Terence, bless his, bless his soul. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be at all surprised. Uh, I was going to say, reading sort of a little bit behind the scenes on this story, yeah, it was a, surprisingly, it was originally written as a second Doctor story, wasn't it? Um, and then from what I understand, Terence Dix and Malcolm Holt had to sort of rewrite quite a bit of it to, to make it fit the third Doctor and sort of bring it uh, bring it full circle the whole story so yeah you can definitely i think you can feel his his influence on the script and uh, and also malcolm hulk's uh, for sure but yeah it is a very good script I, I think as i said a good simple story nice and easy to follow um but but one that keeps you sort of guessing and and involved in it yeah so they did a good job actually i wonder it's interesting i wonder how this would have played out with pat's doctor like i'm uh, yeah, it would have been. I bet it was very different to begin with. So I imagine we shouldn't underestimate how much Terence and Malcolm put into it. I don't think, although it's solely credited to David Whittaker, I bet you they, I bet you they had quite a good hand in it. I, I think so. I would think, yeah. Yes. Mm. Okay, okay. What did you? Um, okay, so the whole simple thread, really good script with the, mm. you know, who's behind this um, sort of thing. Um, there was also a really good sense of. Uh, like being that the odds were being stacked up ever more mm. in the doctor's favor as the story went on. Cause the doctor, one thing I do like about Pertwee's performance, we'll come on to that. As you said in a minute, he does play this very cool. He's definitely got in some doctor who stories, he's definitely got like a, a kind of Roger Moore, uh, kind of suave coolness about mm. him. Even, even when like he, 
even when the tables are turned. So there, there's a scene where he goes and spends some time. Who the the big the, the big guy, the scientist guy with the beard. I think he was a French guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. There's a bit where they're in <laughs> they're in an off one of the offices and they're doing some work, and then just cu- cool as a cucumber, the doctor's just like so. What are you up to then? I know that's not his exact words, but hmm. he, he's kind of like, so what are you up to then? What's your involvement in it? And he's like, I don't know what you mean. You know, no idea. And he's like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that. And then he does that all the way through, even when he's being, um, when he's been captured or he, he knows that people are after him. He's still playing it so cool. And the, 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 the main bit of coolness that really surprised me is when that same meeting, the phone goes, He's like, Doctor, it's for you. He's like, hello. And it's, uh, I think it's Regan or one of oh, Regan's men. Yeah, saying he's got Liz captive. Yeah, he's saying he's got Liz captured and if I don't stop interfering, they're going to kill her. And he just carries on. Yeah. And the, the, the scientist, I think he's he's reacted like, well, holy crap, aren't you going to do something? And he just, no, he sits back down, crosses his legs, you know, gets Let's back get to what he's it. doing. He is so cool in this one. I, I've got to say, yeah, I just want to talk about Pertwee for a minute. Um, because I, I felt the way he was playing it was slightly different to to what we get um, later, um, and I thought he was absolutely fantastic in this story. He his performance for me is a little more tetchy, a little more it's, it's quite strong. Um, he's still got that suaveness about him, but it's not as soft as he is later on. He just seems to be playing it a lot more straight, you know, a lot more serious, um, and very much. Um, like you said, he just waltzes in. He's no nonsense, I suppose, is what I'm trying to get to. He's, he really doesn't take any uh, nonsense <laughs> from anyone in this. And I loved it. I, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant performance from him. And I've um, I've never really noticed that sort of difference before. Um, maybe it's because, you know, I've watched him in order or whatever. I don't know. But definitely a much harder edge to the Doctor in this. And I think he softens slightly. If you think about sort of later on when we get a lot of the, you know, the sort of rubbing under the nose when he's thinking and he's definitely sort of more genteel um, later in his in his performance. Uh, whereas this one, he is just waltzing in. He's ready to have an argument with anybody. You know, he's <laughs> literally, like you said, he's as cool as a cucumber under pressure. Um, I, I just thought it was a fantastic performance from Pertwee um, in this. Really, <laughs> just really, really loved it. Um, I, I don't know. It sounds like I, I was gonna say I wish you'd played it like this all the time, but then I do love the Pertwee that we get later. I've just never really noticed the contrast before, and I guess in this early stage, he's still trying to find out how to play his Doctor, uh, in a sense. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. It definitely, definitely was. There was a difference there from the Pertwee we see later, but he, I thought it was an awesome performance. I was just loving him as the Doctor in this. Um, just, yeah, just yeah. the back chat and the, you know, just I, it just you just wouldn't argue with him. It's just he was having none of it, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love, I love that. Like you said, when he's when he's they say they've got Liz and he's just like, okay, yeah, thanks a lot. You know, he puts the phone down and it's just like, it's just so cool. It's just like, yeah, okay, I'll, we'll sort that out later. And I think that's the thing with his doctor is you know that he is going to sort it out. There's no, you know, you know this man will 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 sort it. You know, he's going to get in a spaceship in a minute and he's going to go up there and have a chat with him. And he's, he's just that, you know, he's that strong as a character, you know. And that's what I love to see in The Doctor is that you, you know that even under pressure, this guy's going to get it, 
he's going to get it sorted. You know? And not only that, he just looks amazing in his, you know, frilly shirt and the big, what do you call that cravat thing that he's wearing? He's just amazing. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. There's definitely um, a James Bond influence throughout this story mm. and him as, as a character. Uh, yeah. As the doctor in this one, he's definitely got like an old school Sean Connery slash Roger Moore feel about him. Mm. He's just got cool. that cocksure, cool. You know, I don't know. It's definitely just, a, there's definitely just a James mess Bond with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and all the gadget making as well. I, lo- I mean, that's another thing I love about Poe's Doctor. You know, building all these gadgets, and when he's you know doing the. Um, SOS and he's like yeah I'm just pretending let's see if we can get any movement you know he's pretending that he's built this machine but he's actually sending an SOS signal and all that sort of gadget making that mm-hmm. Perwis Doctor does I love all that as well yeah yeah that's no, good. I just I just was really really impressed with I've all, I like the third doctor anyway but um yeah I just thought he was particularly good in this yeah yeah the action look, man the action yeah and if you look at his performance in this versus something like Inferno uh they're very different performances well, not very different, but they're, they're slightly different, but still just amazing both, you know, both ways. And the, the dynamic, it. I think, as well, between him and the companion is is different in this. They're almost like, um, almost like, what's the word? There's, uh, they're, they're kind of equals, and I think that's probably why they, they got rid of poor old Liz Shaw as a companion, because they both seem to be sort of on the same level. Yeah. So they, you know, there's none of that. Whereas later on, you know, Joe Grant is a, you know, she's a much softer companion. She's not as strong as Liz in terms of, you know, I mean, she's one of my favorites. When I say it's not, she's not as strong. I don't mean in performance because I, I absolutely love Joe Grant, but it's a very different dynamic between the doctor and his companion. Um, after this, I think, especially with Joe Grant, it's a much softer, he's looking after her sort of very much, you know, he's always got Joe's back and she's a little bit more fragile. Whereas Liz Shaw, she's a bit like the doctor. She's getting stuck in there. She's very much no nonsense, isn't she? She, she is. Again, yeah. she's, when she's running across that weir, is that what you call it? The water. I mean, yeah. that's she's that's that. I don't think that would happen now because there's, there's only a barrier one side of it. I was actually quite even watching it. I mean, even I know she's not going to die, but I'm thinking, blimey, she's so close to that water rapid. She's like, it's, I find it quite scary to watch that bit. You know, I think the stunt guy going over the edge as well is brilliantly done. That was good. Again, yeah. for the time, it's mm-hmm. somebody has actually gone over that weir mm-hmm. in, a, in a dress and wig, but it looks great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it, yeah, the whole production just really impressed me, actually, I think. Yeah, I think they went a bit nut. Well, one of our uh, listeners tweeted to say that they blew the budget somewhat on this one, but mm. you, you can definitely tell it's had some money thrown at it. The sets are quite large and... Yeah, very well done, and uh, just the amount of people as well to hire <laughs> for this. You know, it's, you can tell they've had some money, but it's weird because the spacesuits are very simple in design as well. But I think even they look fantastic. Um, I got a bit of a Vashta Narada vibe. I'm glad from you them. said that. Did you? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah I remember. I um, think Stephen Moffat may have watched this. Yeah, more specifically, the the look of the space helmets that they wear. Mm. They've got the, that just the shape of the glass and the helmet and stuff. Uh, you can absolutely tell that the Moff used these guys for his inspiration Definitely. for that design. I, yeah, I think almost certainly. Yeah. I was going to say, there, is, there are some shots where you can see the actor's face. They're obviously wearing a balaclava. Um, I'm not sure if you're supposed to, because I think it's supposed to look like a black, but I actually found that quite creepy. I thought, I'm, even if it's that's a mistake and unintentional, 
I thought it was quite eerie that you could see this shape under the, you know, behind the glass. I think it was supposed to look just black, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought they worked really well. They were creepy as heck. I mean, that, that cliffhanger when it's creeping up behind Pertwee, I mean, some of the cliffhangers in this are brilliant, actually. They, they, they really, are. that's probably like you said, that's probably why you were, you know, you could have watched it all in one go. Cause I think the cliffhangers, if you were watching this once a week at the time it was aired, I would think you'd be like biting at the, at the, at the bit to see the next episode for a lot of it. Like you got put that with Pertwee, where you got the bit with Liz flying over the weir. Um, there's some great cliffhangers in it, actually. It's great, mate. Yeah, 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 I could have happily, yeah, like I said, I could have happily um, uh, watched it with no no worries. Did you notice that the Doctor lost his plaster between episodes yeah. three and four? Yeah. It's there. It's <laughs> weird, that, isn't it? Because I think they must have, normally with a sort of scene like that, I would assume they'd film it all in one and then cut it. But to me, it looks like they've put the setup again and reprised that cliffhanger mm. when, the, when the alien's coming up behind him. Because it was shot differently and the Doctor's plaster's suddenly missing. So it seems almost like they've reshot that. I don't know. But, mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I did notice that. Either yeah. that or the Doctor's a very quick healer. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, some of that Time Lord energy. There you go. Mm. Let's talk about some cast members. Mm, yeah. Uh, so the let's go with Regan, the selfish guy <laughs> who wants to use the ambassadors to rob banks and yeah. specifically Fort Knox, apparently. He did have a thing about Fort Knox, didn't he? He did, yes. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he was actually good, you know. I, I thought we had that uh, kind of threatening uh, self-centered behavior down pretty well. Yeah. 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 No, I think he could have fitted into an episode of the Sweeney quite easily. Um, despite, and the, with the name, of course. But yeah, no, um, yeah, he was. So I thought he was good as well as that sort of, that villainous piece without going to pantomime baddie sort of thing. Yeah, I did think he was good. Yeah, um, yeah quite a threat, just threatening enough as well because he got poor old Liz trapped in there. And yeah, he was good. It was good. Or bad, however you were. Or bad, yeah. He was a good baddie, yeah. yeah. Uh, played by, who was it? Uh, William uh, Dissart. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah. Uh, what about the scientist that he had captive working on the radioactivity stuff? Oh, I liked him. I feel like I've seen him in something else. Um, but what's the actor's name? I felt like he'd been in another Doctor Who, but I don't know if he has. Yeah, um, he was... Um... He just looked familiar, um, but I liked him as well. He was very much playing the sort of scientist a bit sort of stereotypical of the scientist of that sort of era you know a bit sort of bit weak and oh i must do what i'm told and you know a little bit like that but i, but I liked him i thought it was a really sweet performance um i don't know what the actor's name is sorry i don't uh, know if you've got it there the character name was lennox and he was played by cyril lennox Shaps. that's it yeah was he in doctor who cyril Shaps, just, yeah uh was he in any other Doctor Who? Uh, oh, he's, he was in Tomb of the Cybermen. Yes, maybe that's where I recognise him. Yes, I think that is where I know him from. Yeah, he's in Tomb of the Cybermen. He was also in Planet of the Spiders. Oh, actually, so he was he was right at the end of Purpose Zero. So Andy was in the Androids of Tara. So he was, yeah, he was in a few Doctor Whos. Mm. Um, there you go. But yeah, I thought it was a lovely little performance from him. Uh, I thought he worked really well with... Um, Liz as well. I thought the two characters work nicely together, of, especially when he tries to help her escape and he's absolutely, oh, you're a fool. You know, terrified. Isn't he? You're a fool. <laughs> yeah, they'll get me. Yeah. I thought he was good. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was good. I liked his character actually. I it liked was, him. Um, it was, 
Uh, you could almost sense his demise coming, though. That's the only sad know, thing about it. I know. I think I, for the minute I saw him, I thought that. <laughs> I thought, oh, dear. Yeah, He's you, had it. You could almost see it coming. Yeah, you could, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a cool little scene, though, where uh, Benton takes him into the cell. He's like, you will lock the door, won't you? He's like, yeah. Benton was a bit smug in this, wasn't he? <laughs> a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't really take to Benton in this one. Sorry to jump ahead, but I don't know. Same about John Devine's performance. Uh, was a, He wasn't up there with the best. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it wasn't bad. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm probably being a bit harsh on him, actually. But I don't know. It was just a bit like... He sort of thing is with him is he sometimes just walks in the room, says his lines and leaves. I don't ever sort of feel much performance. Um yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it's his early days, I guess. I know what you but, mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not really a fan of units' uniform in this, though. No. They changed no. it for this, didn't they? But then I think they changed it back afterwards. Looks, doesn't look good. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan of it actually at no. all. Nah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think too? Uh, what about Cornish then? Ralph Cornish, the uh, the operator, the controller, space controller guy. He's in the very first scene. You know, he's talking to. Yeah, yeah. Is this the guy from, I was recognising him from Crossroads. Crossroads, that's him. Yep. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. because as soon as I saw him, um, it's really weird. I immediately heard the Crossroads, Crossroads theme in my head. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I was like, oh my God. Um, I thought he was very good, actually. Um, I liked his performance a lot. And like you said, I kept waiting for him to turn out to be the villain. I thought, any minute now, he's going to say, sorry, Doctor, you're not coming back down. You're trapped up there. But uh, yeah, I thought he was good. Mm. I liked his performance a lot. Yeah, I thought his performance was really relaxed. Relaxed, yeah. Yeah, because there's those scenes where he's talking to and fro from the astronauts and stuff, and uh, he's he's not rushing his lines at all. It's like Mm. quite long pauses between, and he's just chilled and... Very confident, yeah. Really good performance from him. Really good. Yeah, I did think it was good. Did you at any point suspect the newsreader, <laughs> oh, news played reader. by played by uh, Michael Wisher, who of course went on to be Davros in Genesis of the Daleks? It's so strange to think that that is the guy that's in because yeah. it's so different in performance. I mean, he is basically playing the you know, of the time, if you like. Very posh BBC. So thank you. Well, thank you for watching the BBC. So it was very interesting, I thought, to see him out of the Davros costume or or even before he got in it, if you like. Because um, he's brilliant, isn't he, in Genesis? He's absolutely superb as um, as yes. Davros in Genesis. He's Dark, amazing, so. yeah. Yeah, so it's a very different, it's a very lightweight performance, which is exactly what it, <laughs> it should be, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, I thought that was cool to see him in it. Yeah, I, do you know what? I was confused at first. I, I remember the first viewing of this. I thought, are we are we venturing into some weird break in the fourth wall territory here? Are, are, yeah, are they talking, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. are they talking to us, the viewer, or are they just talking to the TV, TV viewers who are within the story, which they obviously are. But when they kept, because at first I didn't think that, but then there's a scene later where he's, he, he's standing in sort of center of the frame and then he turns and starts talking to the camera yeah. like the second like the second news report or, or the third one sorry and um i just thought are we are we is, is he talking to the viewer of doctor who or is or are they addressing like the viewers of people within the story watching television so yeah i did get that feeling a couple of times i was like 
what's going on here? But then, mm. but no, but you know, as uh, as you realise very quickly, it's um, they're not breaking the fourth wall. But it's an interesting little thing that they interject that into some of the early scenes. Yeah, um, it did throw me a little. I'll be honest, at the very start, a bit like you, I thought I don't because I'm not a fan of when um, TV breaks the fourth wall, uh, not particularly. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit thrown by that at the start as well. Um, but, but it does work actually. It does work really well. Like you said, cause it then goes into him talking to the camera. So it's almost as if he's rehearsing or something. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, again, a, a nice little bit of direction there, but, uh, yeah, it did throw me a little. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's right yeah, at the but... start, isn't it? You sort of think, Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Yeah. He was actually, yeah, a, quite a soft performance. Not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd admit it, it, it. He it was perfectly good at what he was playing. He didn't stand out in any way, but uh, it's, it's just interesting to think. God, oh, that's the guy who ends up being Davros. Like amazing performance as Davros. Yeah. So yeah, but a nice little performance. Mm. Uh, what about Sir James? Sir James Quinlan. The the uh, which one's he? He's the guy that's in the suit at the desk. You know, the doctor demands to speak oh. to him a couple of times and he's the one who's in cahoots with Carrington. And That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's quite funny. It's a good sort of standoff with Pertwee. But was he's not in it that much though, is he? Is he that Not guy? really. No. no. Not too bad though. Mm. He's got that old English typical, you know, if you were going to cast somebody in that role, it's, there's, there was probably 50 actors who could play that at that time. Yeah. But There's a few, isn't there, that have got that very British yeah. tone. Yeah, the guy who gets killed on the desk. Uh, that's not the guy you mean, is it? Uh, yeah, him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he gets coach. taken But that's out, how it he? was back then, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I love the interaction with the Doctor and had that character, though. Yeah, I did, yeah. And it's just another extension of, of Pertwee and the way he was written in this story, just being uber cool. Mm. So there's a, there is a scene where the Doctor questions him as well. He says something like, and when are you going to give us the truth? And he's like, well, well, well. <laughs> he's like, and the doc, and again, the doctor doesn't push. He, he doesn't start to interrogate him or get angry. He just sort of picks up his paperwork again. And but he knows the doctor knows a hundred percent that he's not getting the truth. He knows that this guy is involved somehow, but he doesn't. He just thinks, all right, I'll file that one away. I'll deal with you later. Kind. It, he's got that sort of interaction you- with him. It's brilliant. You always feel like Pertwee's doctor's got it all ticking in his head, don't you? You always yes. feel like he's working things out the whole time. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like it's as if everything's just going on in his head, and he's going to work for it slowly, in between making a few gadgets. And yeah, I don't know. I just love that about his doctor. Yeah, you feel like he's yeah. always on the ball. He, he, well, he is on the ball because he's the mm. one that really early on in the story tells them, "Look, your astronauts are not dead. They're up in orbit." I know. Yeah. I know exactly. He's very assured of himself as always i know exactly where they are don't worry they're safe they're up in orbit still and they're like i'm in orbit don't be ridiculous man you know we pull (laughs) them out of the the thing and he's like no they're up there he's got such an assured sense of confidence it's so good you've just reminded me i love that cliffhanger when um he's that there's got like a loop um and a a standard reply on and they're like uh we are clear for orbit and he's like how many beans make five and he's like you know and then he's like, right, cut it open. And the music cuts it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Right, get it open. Yes, yeah, cut it open. Yeah. Cut it open. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, what about Nicholas Courtney then? Old Brig. Oh, I thought he was great in this. I mean, he is hindered by that awful unit costume. Oh, uh, really doesn't 
do much for him at all. But he's <laughs> he's bang on it on this. I thought, he, as I said, he really gets stuck into the action. He looks a little uncomfortable firing a gun. Mm. I've noticed in the shootout scenes, he he winces a lot. I don't think he he didn't look like he enjoyed doing that. He's probably half he, cut. Yeah, maybe. But he really gets stuck in. I thought it was a great performance from the brig. Isn't he yeah. isn't he known for like lunchtime? Oh, I think he enjoyed a, a pint. Yeah. Does, All the filming it. locations used to find the nearest local and yeah. have a couple. Yeah. Yeah, I love him for that. That's what yeah. I'd be like. His um, performance yeah. was good though. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I thought he's absolutely awesome in this. Yeah. I do I love his interaction with the doctor as well, because although the doctor annoys the brick. <laughs> the brig knows that he needs the doctor and the doctor's gonna you know knows what he's talking about so he does he does stick up for the doctor a lot in this doesn't he he's like no no this man is gonna help don't worry yes yeah. so i do love that even though the doctor probably drives him crackers uh, but yeah great performance from from nick in this i felt yeah. sorry for the brig in this did you not for nick courtney because i think nick courtney just plays the brig very consistently mm. and it's very good but i felt sorry for the brig's character uh, as a character because He's just constantly getting crapped on. Oh, he does. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like you take someone into custody and they escape or, you know, he goes to do something and he ends up getting in a gunfight and then the doctor gets gassed. Yeah. And then something <laughs> else happens and one of his prisoners escapes and he's always getting shouted at by either Carrington or, uh, yeah. and even then towards the end, um, uh, Cornish starts to lose patience with him. I think it's episode six or even into episode <laughs> seven. He's like, he says something like, you're not having the best sort of time, are you? Or something like that to him. Now, he, now you mention it, he does go, yeah, yeah he does yeah. get a lot of crap in this. Yeah, and the, and the brig's got no comeback. It, all no. he can do is sort of raise an eyebrow at him and, mm. you know, walk off like, I'm going to get raise a cup of tea. Tash, yeah. Screw mm. you all, I'm going to get a <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> or a pint, as it may have been. Or a pint, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I just felt sorry for his character. Like, in every episode, something mm. happens where unit is screwed up. And yeah. obviously the brig's the top guy, so he's got to take responsibility for it. And then he gets arrested, and then he gets captured himself, and then he doesn't. And then <laughs> gets rem- gets removed from duty at one point, doesn't yeah, he? As he well, does. oh yeah. dear, old brig. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. He, he does. He's such a great character, though, isn't he? He does really hold the. I think the 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 Pertwee era. He's like the sort of. He's a major cog in the Pertwee era, isn't he? Really yes. sort of holds yeah. things together. I love. I just love the brig. Yeah. That's good. Um, before we move on to um, Liz Shaw, mm. uh, the scientist guy that takes her hostage very briefly at the beginning, and he's the guy—he's the guy that gets the explosive suitcase from Regan, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Regan sabotages it. Sabotages so, yeah. what a swine! <laughs> yeah, so it goes off immediately after he sets the the trap. Those and stuff. dials, I love it. Yeah. Massive, great big dials. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, what was his name? That's that. He's a scientist himself. Uh, 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 I don't know what his name. Yeah. Was, no. um, was that his accent? Uh, <laughs> oh no, the character's name was Dartalian or something. Dartalian was it? Oh right, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Bruno Tartalian. Mm. Uh, was that his accent? Do you reckon? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's odd. Mm. I can't find sure. any information on the actor himself. I know it's no. Robert Corden, Cordron, but yeah. Can you do the accent? Can you, for those listeners that they may are, not watch it? You may not know this, but I don't know. I'm, that's just like a very funny Pink Panther type thing, but he's just got a, yeah. I don't know if, I really can't see. I'm oh, sorry, I can't tell if the accent was genuine or not, but no. it was, yeah, it was fairly okay. And 
Yeah. It was different. It was different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was going to die, though. I didn't know he was going to until... Uh, no, I know. Yeah, well, quite a few die in this. There's there's loads of death in this, actually. There is, yeah. Well, until... Hence the title, Ambassadors <laughs> of Death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until Regan, very, um, uh, like a bit of a theatre production, swings round, opens the briefcase on camera so everyone can see him adjusting <laughs> yeah, the yeah. dials and back up and then round oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what scene I did love is when they take the ambassadors to to break back into the, you know, the, the space lab. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. cause they, there's a proper, they're, they're terrified of these guys, isn't it? It's like, oh, don't shake his hand. <laughs> you know, they're really, there's, there's proper sense of fear mm-hmm. about these ambassadors that, you know, don't actually want to kill anyone, but touch them and you're gone. Yes. So yeah. I, I thought that was a great scene where they sort of let them out the van and then they all stand <laughs> back and were like, right, go, go and do your thing and we'll just wait here until you've cleared the area. <laughs> The um the barrier as well. The barrier, just oh, yeah. on it. out the way. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, kind of plays in uh, quite amusingly at the, the very last scene where the doctor's wrapped everything up in a nice little bow, and then he's on his way off to do whatever he's going to do. And that um, links into what we were saying about his relationship to the companion. Actually, mm. they just part ways like she was just another sort of yeah employee almost of the space. That's right. Because at the end, she he just says, "Liz." She nods back to him and and off he goes. It's not really a typical companion and doctor running off happily into the, the sunset. Yeah, like you know? if that was Joe Grant, he'd be like sort of putting his arm around her yeah. and they'd be walking off together, going, you know, getting into Bessie and driving off together, wouldn't they? That's what I mean. I I, can't, I do like this relationship between the doctor and Liz Shaw. It's it's different. It's they work differently together. Um, and it makes for a, a, you know, a different dynamic to what we get with a lot of the Doctor and his mm. companion. So I like that. I kind of wish you'd stayed for another series, really. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it works that, quite well. We say that mm. about every Doctor. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, and then the, talking of the ending, it does it's slightly abrupt. It's like right at the end, it's like, right, the exchange is going to happen. Everything's cool. Yeah, I did feel, considering it was seven parts, I was thinking, oh, they have, it felt like they'd wrapped it up, but it, also felt a little bit like we didn't see mm-hmm. the end it was we were just told right so they're going to go back now and everything's going to be okay um i suppose we didn't need to see it but it, yeah considering how long the story was it did feel like yeah okay it's all done now and the doctor walks off i couldn't help but feel a little mm, i don't know what, not let down but slightly disappointed in the ending um, yeah. it was a it was a good ending it just wasn't a great ending that's uh, it yeah it felt like for because the whole production does feel quite epic to me there's loads of action uh, it's a long story it's a good story so to have that sort of slightly somber sort of almost understated ending i couldn't help but feel a little disappointed in it i'll be honest it was a a good ending, yeah, but just not a great one. Just not I didn't great, think. yeah. But not didn't didn't fit the rest of the story in terms of. Um, I don't really know what I wanted though. That's the thing. I mean, I wouldn't want it to be, a, you know, another shootout or a load of action. Or I don't really know how they could have ended it. Um, so in some ways, I do like it, but yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't help but feel when the title was rolled. I was like, after seven episodes, I was a bit like, no, oh, is that it? Sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought it was a good ending for the Doctor because yes, it was. Yeah, from his from his character perspective, it was really good just to see yeah. him sort of acknowledge everybody like Brigadier. Liz. Yeah, and then it he, was. It was yeah, nice. Yeah, and he goes off to shake the hands, and then he's immediately retracts, and he's like, 
Uh, just a little smile on his face, like yeah, I, I liked that. Yeah, I and, think that was an amp lib. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then the very last uh, fra- uh, last scene, the camera's quite wide back, and everyone's carrying on. You just see the Doctor walk off set, off off frame, and uh, and that's it. And then the, the title, yeah. So it does end. I like you. I'm not sure what I wanted to see, but I just wanted to see something. I think. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. sure we've missed out some other cast members, but. Um, uh, lastly, Caroline John. Then, how do you think she she got on as Liz? I thought she was great. I thought she again. She really got stuck in there. I just she's a bit like Pertwee in, or she's a bit like the Doctor. Sorry, in the sense that you kind of see that she's clever, even when she's in real danger. Like you can see that she's working through in her head how she's going to get out of it and what she's going to do. So um, I think one of the reasons they got rid of Liz as a companion, I believe is that they felt she was too clever and hence why we get Joe in the next series who's, you know, asks a lot of questions, whereas Liz doesn't need to ask the questions. She just gets on with it. But but I like that. That was great performance. I'd, I'd love, you know, all the stuff on location when she's running across the the rapids, uh, the, the weir, Marlow weir or whatever it was. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I thought, sorry? Yeah, Marlow. Marlo, yeah. So I thought it was good. And it, uh, as I said, the reason I don't like watching that, I, I think it's a great action scene, but the reason I don't like watching it is because um, apparently she was pregnant at the time. And it's just, there's just no health and safety. <laughs> She's just literally running across that blimming, you know, small little, uh, it, it terrifies me every time I see it. But um, I think it's great. I think it's a lovely performance for her. She works great with Pertwee as well, I think. Um, or at least in this story. I haven't watched the others for quite some time, but... Uh, yeah, I like Liz. I think she's a great companion, Liz Shaw. Mm. She is, actually. She's, I like yeah. her look. I know it's very much of the time and perhaps mm. a bit dated, but, you know, I love all the big hat and the hair. and <laughs> It's it's of the time, and I, I really like it. It definitely is. Yes. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. She's a good companion overall. She's, um, I think the problem is, is when you have somebody who's very intelligent and almost almost equal to the Doctor, there isn't much of a contrast in conversation. Yeah, you yeah, know? I get, yeah, I um, totally get that. Yeah, so that's probably the thing, and you do get that a few times when they're talking because mm. you can't really expand on any scenes with those two talking too much because they're just going to be saying the same things to each other. You know, they both know, yeah, kind of what's going on. So, but she's very good in this. So she's very strong. You know, as a female uh, lead in this, she's really strong. Like she never lets up when she's captured and she's with Lennox. She's like always devising a plan to to escape and. Even when she can't escape herself, you know, she she sorts it out so Lennox can escape and he can go and alert the doctor and so on. And mm. she holds the fort almost. And yeah, so I think she's really good in this. She's really strong. I, I think she's yeah. a strong character. That's why I got a little bit annoyed when some of Jodie Whittaker's comments when she was criticizing the classic series for, she said something about companions standing in the corner and clapping while the doctor saved the day. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I, uh, well, not for the most part anyway I think you, you look at companions like Liz Shaw they're incredibly strong and you know go and have a look at Ace bashing a Dalek out of a baseball bat I don't think she's standing in the corner and clapping so I, yeah I, I think um, although there may have been times when companions were just there to ask questions and perhaps scream early on you know perhaps like Victoria in Troughton's ear and stuff like that I think we did get some very strong yeah, so female absolutely. companions yeah. and I think Liz Shaw's definitely one of them Crikey, you know, yeah. I, I can I just I think she would be she can handle herself really well absolutely uh, you know yeah. so yeah yeah no complaints there none at all uh, we've spoken about John Pertwee 
Absolutely brilliant. Right. brilliant. I honestly, yep. really, such a great performance from him in this. I, I, I loved it. I think he really kept me watching as well. You know, even bits were a bit slow. He's, as soon as he walks on set, he's just uh, so strong. Yeah. And he's got such an aura about him. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. No, he's very, yeah. very good. Mm. Uh, before we move on to scores, I don't know if you've got anything else. I've The only thing I want to say is, uh, again, the music was very unique. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just a really, a really cool bit of music when the ambassadors are on screen. Mm. Even when it wasn't focused on them, there's a bit where they're in the bunker and the ambassadors are in the locked up, and it's just the doctor, I think, um, talking to some other people and stuff. But because they're on screen, you've got this really sort of ethereal, you know, spaced out kind of theme going on it's really yeah. really good so dudley simpson once again just nailing the feel and the vibe of the story really really good i liked it i liked there's that, that little musical sting as well the not just the one in the credits but every now and again they'd cut to a scene and it'd be just like this two second you know i, don't, oh, I can't yeah. do it yeah. i love that just to really almost if you were sort of drifting off it just brought you straight back in so i like the music as well it was um quite varied as well because you had that sort of weird drum loop almost you know like the big drum doom, 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 and it's yes. sort of went doom, yeah. and then yeah and all the trippy stuff so i like the music as well uh, the only thing that uh, really i've got of note um and it's really just a technical thing because i noticed the quality between the episodes and we talked about this a bit off air um, the other week we were saying about, you know, when they come to remaster these for the Blu-ray sets there, they're really going to struggle, I think, because, the, you know, because you get a reprise, you get to see the difference between sort of one source material to the next. So, you know, so like there was a big drop in quality in terms of the picture, I think, from episode one to episode two. Episode two, uh, immediately the colours were bleeding all over the screen. Uh, you could tell it was a, you know, a lot less quality source material that they transfer so i do think you know how on earth are they going to remaster these absolutely fantastic stories um when it comes to blu-ray um because there's only so much you can do uh when you've you know when the episodes have been lost and the only ones that they've managed to find are these sort of low quality i mean they've done an amazing job with them you know they, they still look very watchable but yeah i did notice a massive difference in the picture quality yeah. from episode to episode it, it was up and down quite a lot um so yeah i don't yeah. know i'd just be interested to see how they they how well they managed to remaster these when it comes to blu-ray i mean it won't it won't be enough to bug me but just uh, with a story that's so good like this i just wish we had the original films you know that they could remaster it's such a shame that they've got a you know sort of cobbled together these i think well i think one's like powell two videotape the other one's chromo dot color recovery is all sorts isn't it you know it's 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 such a shame that this great story you know will never be seen in in such quality as like spearhead from space for example or you know something like that um no i read you yeah did I'm, you notice a dip in quality between the episode i mean i'm talking about the actual picture quality yes, not yeah. story yeah the picture quality really varies um from episode to episode i think in this no absolutely mate yeah you can definitely tell and like you said it's it's a cobbled together uh, sort of collection of sources they've had to work with and some of them mm. have been restored more than others you know and some of them have had the color tweaked some of the them color struggled stuff. i think yeah. i think it was episode two or thinking god like the you know someone turns their head and the sort of color just doesn't move with the head and you know you can just tell that they've really struggled to remaster these um 
from from the source material yeah 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 and it's just so shame because i just loved really enjoyed it so much i was thinking god wouldn't it be great if we could see this in as it should be not not in these sort of second grade if you like video transfers that is the uh, is the best that they can do now i mean i don't think these episodes will ever be found in their original film i don't think that can happen i don't think no, pretty sure they were unless they were, were repeated in other countries i think uh the original videotapes are probably destroyed. It's, it's just I just find it a little heartbreaking when I enjoy a story so much to think this is probably the best we're going to see it in, uh, if you like. But then again, that's better than not having it at all, I suppose. So I'm not really grumbling, but yeah. No, it's a shame. I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. I think most of the episodes, because of the because the color versions were were binned by the BBC, they, yeah. they only had the black and white versions mm. for a long time. And I think what they did was they they took the 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 color versions that were broadcast in the in the, in the US they got hold of those and then they had the original black and white versions and they kind of you know you know the the restoration project those guys that did all the resources yeah they mixed I, the two i think they merged the two together and mm. cobbled together a decent looking color version but then that's good but then the problem is they haven't got that same source for every episode so every episode looks slightly especially episodes one and four they um yeah so everything looks a bit inconsistent so it does yeah i mean i'm just sort of thinking i mean it looks it looks fine it's perfectly watchable i'm thinking god imagine like that that wonderful shot of the ambassador with that you know that's got the, the sunbeam behind him when he's sort of just coming towards the camera a beautifully shot mm. i mean um but it's all fuzzy and you know, i'm thinking imagine that like from the original transfer all cleaned up how good that would look and i just i don't know we're not i doubt we're going to see that but yeah it's it is what it is and they they do as well as they can with the restoration and to be fair they do an absolutely amazing job uh with what they have to work with so yeah yes. it's it looks yeah. as good as it can i guess and and it does look fine but i just kept thinking all the way through like when it was when you get to a bit that was particularly fuzzy or whatever i was thinking oh man bbc what were you doing like how could you how could you get rid of it it's really quality television and it's um it's such a shame it wasn't preserved you know but yeah at least we've got it as i said i shouldn't be moaning because at least we have it in a form that we can watch it because if this was missing it would be an absolute crime i think yeah uh, this story uh, the only other thing i've got in my notes mate was um for the most part i thought how nice the model work was for the time until we got to there was i was like there was some lovely models weren't there and then all of a sudden we had this terrible rocket <laughs> when the doctor goes and i was like well hang on a minute what What's what happened yeah. <laughs> did they did they forget to do this and they were like because suddenly it's like watching the little firework go up um, against some <laughs> some uh, CSO backdrop. Yeah. I was like, oh, what a shame, because some of the model work in this I thought was great for the era. You know, all the sort of Recovery 7 ship and the docking and all that. Lovely stuff. Almost Jerry Anderson style, wasn't it? It was like proper, you know, proper models not yeah, that looked yeah. good. And then, yeah, and then we got that terrible little rocket. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I thought for the most part of the model work was cool. <laughs> no, I, know, I, I remember that, yeah, when I first saw yeah. that scene, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you can't yeah. have an endless money, especially for Doctor no, Who. You've got to draw no. the line. To be fair, they somewhere. probably, they did, they did good. They did, yes. <laughs> With what they had, yeah. Right, scores then, buddy. I believe it's me to go first. Okay, yeah, go for it. I'm going to go in with an 8.5. Oh, nice. I like it. I'm going in with an eight. 
An eight. Oh, cool. Okay. An eight. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Thought it was good. Um, great direction. Uh, nice editing as well. Really mm. sort of kept it fresh for a seven parter. Um, just the ending, really. I just feel a little bit let down by it. Um, but it's weird because in a kind of way, I liked it. <laughs> like you said, I think just a lovely shot of the doctor just having sorted it all out. And then he's just off and he? he's off to do whatever he's going to do. So I, in a way, I kind of liked it as well. So, yeah, but an eight. Certainly a lot better than I was expecting. I'll be honest with you, because I didn't remember much mm-hmm. from this. I was thinking, oh, is this going to be a boring slog? And it certainly wasn't. I really enjoyed it. Yes, no, I yeah. agree. Similar reasons for me, buddy. Yeah, I just really yeah. love the the whole vibe and the feeling of this one. It's Great got, vibe. Yeah, it, it's definitely a unique story within not just classic Who but Pertwee's era, and um, yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff going for it. And I couldn't honestly remember hardly any of it from when I watched it no. years ago. So it's great to rewatch it, and um, I would say this is a recommended one if you've got not for newcomers to Pertwee's era so much, but if you've if you're a fan of this era and you just haven't watched it yet, then definitely pick it up. If you've got the time, it is a seven parter. So um, mm. it's certainly yeah. gone up. It's gone up massively in my opinion. Yes, it is definitely gone up in my opinion because yeah, like you, I didn't remember. It's not one I gravitate towards before, um, but I really liked it. Mm. Yes. Okay. What did our awesome listeners think? We had um, mm-hmm. due to my sloppiness, um, I didn't put anything out on socials. Um, uh, for this uh, until this morning. And there's a couple of interesting people tweeted, which I'll come on to. But uh, one mm-hmm. of our listeners, uh, Sammy Satine from Down Under, she sent this in ages ago because she's very organised, yeah. much more than I am. So uh, this is Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So the ambassadors of death intrigue the brigadier Ruffles. Ruffles going off in a spaceship. Liz Shaw, who needs more love because she's awesome. And of course, Bessie. Why is there not a figure of Bessie? Someone needs to rectify this immediately. Anyway, I'm disappointed there was no Venusian Aikido. Really, this story is great. It should be more highly rated than it is. I do wonder, though, why the TARDIS isn't used to translate the ambassadors, but maybe Ruffles doesn't want anyone knowing about it or it doesn't work properly. Anyway, I give it 10 ambassadors out of 10. See ya. Go at Raffles. <laughs> wow, a 10. A 10, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I agree with uh, Sammy. Uh, Liz Shaw does deserve a lot more love. She's a companion. I hate to say this, but she's a companion that I, I often completely forget about. Um, and I don't know why, because I think she's brilliant. So Ooh. I agree, a lot more love for Liz. And yes, Bessie, uh, one thing I forgot to say in our review, mate, is how cool was that thing? <laughs> how cool was that thing when the doctor stuck the guys to the car what did he call it is anti-theft anti-theft device, device or something yeah, that was awesome actually. oh i did yeah. laugh i was like oh brilliant like it's so bad but i love it yeah there's <laughs> so, a really a funny scene as well when the doctor's giving the brig and some other people a lift back to the space center and you can tell that it's pert we actually drive in bessie and he's got mm. his foot down so the camera's yeah. like and he he almost comes to a bit of a skid start uh stop because he really you know pulls it around the corner mm. and you can see everybody leaning over and they're probably yeah. thinking calm down john <laughs> oh yeah he goes for it i noticed that does, as well yeah. yeah i think the brig's like hanging out yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like oh steady on steady on we've yeah. all had a pint come on steady on. <laughs> no brilliant i did yeah. love all that yeah so thank you very much sammy 
so I tweeted out this morning before we recorded uh, to say that I'm very, very late to the party. Very sorry. But if anybody's got any thoughts on the Ambassadors of Death, let us know. And you guys have not let us down. Thank you so much for all of your tweets. Loads more than what we normally get when we give five days notice of recording. So <laughs> Maybe that's the way we should do it. It's so weird because in my head I could have sworn uh, we'd put one out. No, I was so no. absolutely convinced we'd already done this. But anyway. Anyways, yeah. So um, actually this tweet from uh, from Sarah wasn't in relation to, to this morning's tweet. She actually tweeted again uh, beforehand. So another organized listener. Yes. Uh, and uh, Sarah Louise back at the running Whovian said, oh, lovely, uh, I was a bit worried that a seven parter would be a slog, but it really wasn't. I found it well paced and engaging throughout. I enjoyed the story. Pertwee um, was his usual action hero self. And I loved all those cliffhangers a nine out of 10. Brilliant. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, Rick Moran from the Doctor Who Appreciation Society kept it short and sweet and just said, bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hooniverse, never been able to watch it, but reading about it in my Doctor Who Monsters and Aliens book, I was fascinated by the concept. I know this doesn't really work, but I just wanted to say, you need to watch it then, Mr. Mr. Hooniverse. Mm, recommend it. Yeah, if yeah. you know the story already and you think it's, uh, you think it's uh, good, then, then go and check it out. It's good. Mm. Uh, Genesis of Androzani says good story but it's so dry and colourless that it becomes hard to feel connected with it's like mm-hmm. observing a James Bond espionage without any heart oh. but does give it a 7 out of 10 okay yes uh, George Hudson uh, mesmerising for some reason even though it's quite long I've always loved it but I don't have it on DVD might have to take that one month three subscription to BritBox as I are putting all the classic who on there in December Oh, brilliant. Do you know what, Gordon? I'm glad that you've said that, buddy, mm. because I signed up to a free trial of um, BritBox only this morning, and I immediately typed in Doctor Who into the search bar, and it came up with zero. Oh. So I was miffed. But uh, if you're telling us that it's going to come in December, then that's great news, because I remember when BritBox launched over in the US a couple of years ago now, they have pretty much all of the classic catalogue on there. Mm. as well as the new stuff so um this will actually be a really good thing i'm not plugging britbox anyway i'm not telling you to sign up but for any of our listeners that want to watch classic who for our reviews but don't own them on dvd this will be a good a good way to do that yeah that is good yes uh moving on miles mckenzie short and sweet love it one of pertwee's finest eight out of ten mm. uh ben morris uh says uh, the music is sublime particularly the bit where liz is being uh, uh is, is in bessie is being chased that is good mm. uh, music, that bit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chris Higgum says, great storyline. It's a shame about the abrupt ending. Mm. Yes. Uh, Nicholas Briggs. What? The voice of the Daleks himself. No. And the big Finnish aficionado says, I love it. It feels like an alternate take on the Pertwee era somehow. And I love that music when the astronauts slash ambassadors prowl around. Great performances all round too. Wow. Thank you very much, Nick. Appreciate that. Uh, Our writer, Jordan Shortman, says, Great story. Really fun. I love the pairing of the third Doctor and Liz, and this story really gives Liz a time to shine. Overall, a great story, and the ambassadors prove themselves to be strangely unnerving creatures. Mm. Uh, Long-time listener and tweeter, Rob Kelly. I think this one gets forgotten in a very strong season. It's great, fun adventure, and the direction is excellent. Uh, Johnny Morris, John Morris. You'll know that name if you've Ooh. read pretty much um, any of the Doctor Who main range 
or, or listen to any of the main range audio stories or any of the lost stories from Big Finish or the Eighth Doctor Adventures from Big Finish. Johnny Morris is the guy that wrote all of that cool stuff. Uh, he says, I think Stephen Moffat must have found the spacesuit feels very scary as a kid because he kept bringing them back. <laughs> yes, he did. I immediately connected with that. I thought, yes, he has brought a lot of spacesuit stuff back. Mm. Uh, moving on a few more George uh, George Sandifer Smith says saw it for the first time recently and loved it it's not like any other Doctor Who story taking the earthbound formula in a more global less cosy direction the ambassadors themselves are pretty scary too uh, and complete complexicated cookie um, says I, I love um, how they use the opportunity of a seven parter to tell a story uh, on an epic scale. Um, yes, it broke the budget, but it was worth it. An absolute gem of a story that doesn't get the credit it deserves because it's followed by Inferno, mm. which is one of the five best stories of all time. It's another long... In Inferno, seven parts as well. Uh, six. Six, is it? Oh, oh is right. it seven? You could be right there. Could, could, yeah, gosh. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and lastly... Uh, John Hall says it shows the signs of having gone through too many drafts by too many different hands. David Whittaker definitely deserved a better swan song than this. That Ooh. being said, the direction is top notch, especially the action sequences. The aliens are quite alien and the music's ethereal. Mm, ethereal. That's a good word for it. I like that. Yeah, it is. Uh, hold on a minute. Inferno. You're right, buddy. It's seven parts. Of course. Yeah, you're right. I thought I, it was. Yeah. Gosh, I, I didn't realize they got two, seven parts together like that. Yeah. That's a well. That's it's not a slog because it's enjoyable, but it's a slog, <laughs> no, I know yeah. what you mean. It's like yeah, yeah. I don't know why I questioned you, buddy. Of course you're right. Oh. Seven parts. Yeah. Uh, right, that's it. So thank you so much, um, everyone that tweeted this morning. I know it was short notice. That's, that's very, a great very cool. response yeah. considering how quick uh, we literally have half an hour before the show. That's an amazing response. Yes, you guys are awesome. You are awesome. Thank you very much. And Nick Briggs jumping yeah. on as well. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, lovely. Uh, next week, buddy. What have we got for next week? Next week, we're back to Torchwood um, with an episode called Captain Jack Harkness. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> I wonder who that's about. I wonder, the, uh, must, yeah. So, yeah, can't remember anything about it, <laughs> as usual. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Bit yeah, of Torchwood. Good. What was the last one? Did we enjoy the last Torchwood? Because we've, last... we've been a bit hit and miss with Torchwood. Now, what was the last one we've had? Yeah, out of Time was the last one. Oh, is that the one with the air? Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, no. One was called, uh, last one was Combat. Combat. Yes. Oh, no, we didn't enjoy it. You rated it a three. Yeah. Oh, a three. It's pretty poor. Let's, let's hope this week's is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was right. That was, that was the one where um, Owen was just kicking off, having fights in clubs. and Oh, and Matey Boy, the estate agent. Yeah, it's all coming back to me yeah, now. The Weevil, oh, the underground dear. fight club thing. Oh, yeah. dear, yeah. Oh, God, let's hope this one's better. Yeah, indeed. So, yes, get your DVDs <laughs> or Blu-rays out. Give that a watch because we'll be asking yeah. for you, for your view, sorry, on what you think. So that one, and I think we'll wrap there, dude, for two, four, five. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. My voice is going for sticking with us for episode <laughs> two, four, five. It's amazing to talk through Doctor Who. As always, with my good buddy, uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, thank you again for those sending in your audio clips and your tweets and so on. Very much appreciated. You make the show, especially that last review section, 
you guys really do make that section uh, worthwhile because it's just great to hear what fandom thinks of of our stories that we're reviewing not our stories you know but the stories that we're reviewing and so on we haven't mm. written we haven't written any of them so. uh, mm. but yes next week as Adam said Torchwood Captain Jack Harkness get that watched we'll be asking for your thoughts and feelings on that one in the meantime head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our episodes on there and you can check out all of the cool articles that our writers put out uh, over there um, also don't, uh, also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on just do a search for us uh, the Big Blue Box Podcast give us a like and a sub there and if you've got a second uh, to give us a rating and a review that would be amazing because that helps us lots and lots we're also on the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook just do a search again for the Big Blue Box you'll find us on there uh, we uh, usually we've been a bit busy recently but we usually tweet and do other bits and pieces over there so get involved there uh, also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube The Geek's Handbag yeah The Geek's Handbag yeah the One day I might handbag. get to film something again <laughs> yeah, but there's loads on there go and have a look yeah, Adam's put videos out on YouTube for years so there's a huge catalogue of really really cool videos there unboxings reviews uh, loads of geek stuff go and check it out The Geek's Handbag and Adam is also on all the socials under the same name yeah, I'm pretty active on the socials, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to be anyway. Yes, no, it's good. So go and check out Adam uh, over on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Geek's Handbag. Again, get involved. Uh, we tweet and talk about loads of stuff normally uh, throughout the week. Mm. So that's going to do for 245. We will see you next week for 246. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh, yeah.